0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America, NA member FDIC.
1: You got that rocker, MJ in the house, otherwise known as Marty Janetti. You know how we do rock and roll, starting the stolen, and we're doing it right here on the Rundown Wrestling Network. Keep on rocking. Yeah. Oh, oh,
2: oh, oh, oh.
3: It's Saturday? And you know what that means. It's episode 89 of the most elite show on the Rundown Wrestling Network. This is the AEW Rundown. My name is Adam. My head no longer feels like it's going to explode. My co host is Sal. What's up, buddy?
1: It is Saturday, and um, I don't know what that means. This is weird.
3: it is yeah thursday uh as as work went on my just i I wouldn't call it a migraine but it was like very close to a migraine where i was just felt like i just my my entire body was just like dude stop moving uh to the point where i actually had to text dispatch and be like can you please someone send someone to get my last three totes because i need to go home and lie down uh and then last night i had a show so we couldn't do it last night uh, <laughs> Astro is already making fun of us in chat uh, AEW Rundown Yes, we're finally back on Thursdays Oh, wait um, <laughs> Yeah, last night I had uh, Lucky Pro Lucky Pro Wrestling's big uh, return show Which was uh, f- uh, so fucking fun Absolutely, fantastically Craig, let's finally here to redeem first After I've been streaming for about two hours at this point uh, We are live to the world of twitch.tv Slash the souls effect Hello, Craig Thank you for your another points. Um, what's up with you, buddy? How's it been your last couple of days?
1: uh well, I went to go see Black Widow yesterday okay with uh with my middle daughter who was obsessed with Marvel in a theater. Yeah, we went to the theater I now like i spent that. I spent more between tickets and and um and snacks at the theater than I would have if I just bought the movie on Disney plus for 30 bucks.
3: <laughs> Astra says no spoilers, don't you dare.
1: All in caps. So Oh, I will not, but I will just <laughs> say I I was very impressed. She had a great time. Good. Um good. good. I had to binge-watched, like, six Marvel movies before we went to see it yesterday because <laughs> I was told I wouldn't understand if I didn't watch this, 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 and this over again. And I'm like,
4: <laughs>
1: oh, my God, even my daughter knows I have an awful memory. <laughs> I mean, I watched them all when they came out, but I don't remember. It Shit.
3: sounds like the showing's at 4.30, and it's 10 a.m. Shit.
1: Oh, it wouldn't be the first time I've had to watch stuff. Four screens going at once. Before fucking um, or during work. That's what this podcast is all
3: about. <laughs> or finishing dynamite as we're starting the podcast.
1: <laughs> hold on, hold on. I, I got five minutes left in the main event. Hold on,
3: <laughs> vamp. I'm taking notes.
1: That's the thing. I watched it the night before, but I got to take notes. I don't like to take notes and watch it because I'll miss something. You know what I mean? I
3: always take notes as I watch because I like to get my the first the honest first reaction. That's so fair. I can take the notes without knowing what's coming and what's happening. That's fair. Um, I had a good laugh at work last week. Um, I think it was – I only worked two days this past week, so it was probably Tuesday. Um, I was delivering to a house, and on the, on the front porch of the house was a, a, a rock. And the rock said – painted, like hand-painted. It said, turn me around. Okay. Turn the rock around. And on the back of the rock, it says, ha-ha, you just took orders from a rock."
1: Oh my god! <laughs> I
3: was like, "Well, you got me.
1: You fucking got me, dude." I, I'm not kidding. Just because of the podcast we're doing, I thought you were gonna say, "The Rock says, turn me around," and I turned it around, and it said, "It doesn't matter if you turn me around." <laughs> no, haha! You just took
3: orders from a rock. Oh, uh, I laughed all the way back to the truck.
1: It was great. Nice.
3: That was great.
1: <sighs> so yeah. You're feeling better today You're feeling uh, Invigorated You're feeling ready oh, yeah. To talk it's been a about week. It's been a great AEW week. In Miami, Florida All
3: right, How was my birthday this week?
1: Oh you want Okay you're not ready to talk about wrestling okay. uh,
3: <laughs> I want to talk about my birthday
1: How was your birthday?
3: My birthday was good I spent 9.5 hours on Twitch and that had sushi. It was fucking great. Now, and I opened Legos. This would you,
1: what'd you get? Would you get?
3: It's a Camaro.
1: Oh, nice! No, it's a Corvette. Sorry, I don't uh, doesn't matter. Corvette. It's still nice. <laughs> but, um, so were you always a fan of sushi, or is that something that you recently got into?
3: Uh I wouldn't say recently, but there was a while where my dad would order it, and I'd just be like, "Eh, raw fish." No,
1: I'm still on that. Tip, I have no. I've, uh, I'll try it someday. Just I'm not ready for that right now.
3: <laughs> my, just giving my kid shit. I got my kid a California roll because it's fucking cucumber, which he loves, avocado, which he loves, and fake fake crab. And I'm like, it's it's cooked. It's fine. You've had it before. It was in the seafood lasagna a couple of weeks ago. You like this? This kid fucking starts eating the sashimi, and I'm like, you say. Said- I'm like, how many times have you told me when I have
1: cooked fish,
3: I don't like fish, and now you're eating fucking raw fish? Child.
1: Exactly. He's a child. He doesn't know. <laughs> he doesn't know any better.
3: I went, oh, I guess you do like fish.
1: I would I like to point out that your child is six. He is six. Okay. You you talk like he's like ten years old, and he should know better. He's just We're in the little, pool today. He's just you a little got sexual boy. How's that how's that how'd that go?
3: With the pool. Good. He was jumping off the ladder. Once he finally figured out that the pool water was not over his head and he could stand on the bottom and be fine. Nice. (laughs) Ah, Killian's here. Hello, friend. Welcome in.
1: This is an Uh, above above ground pool? Yeah, yeah. 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 It's the pool that came to the house. I fucking hate it. Did you jump in there and do a cup of cannonballs? I I wasn't home. Uh, Oh, that's right, you were at (laughs) work. No, you weren't at work today. I wasn't at work today. I was otherwise occupied. Ah, I
3: see. (laughs) Astra says, Adam is a monster to his child. I am not. (laughs) (laughs) Spreading horrible rumors about me. Let's talk about being the elite.
1: Yes, and I was really looking forward to this episode of Being the Elite because I knew they were going to explain the mustaches.
3: In fact, so much so, that the
1: title of the episode is Mustache. mustache. Uh no cold open this mustache. week. Just, yeah, no, what the no, fuck was that? No cold open, so we can you know why? Because you can't do the cold open and show them with the mustaches and then do a segment later and talk about you can't no, you can't. Um
3: Spoiler alert, the bucks don't have to be in the fucking cold open every
1: week. <laughs> you can do a cold open with somebody else. Yeah, we'll we'll talk about that in a little bit. Um <laughs> So the very first segment is Peter Avalon. He's at the BT bar—that's what we call it—stressing about Leva Bates. When who should show up? Leva fucking Bates. And and I didn't write this down. This is off the cuff. But Aval- Avalon's talking to the bartender, who was a wrestler in dark. I just don't know who. Yeah, who cares? And Leva walks in, and there's about oh I don't know six feet between them. And Avalon's going. Can she see me? Can she see me? Did did she? Is she coming this way? What do I do? What do I do? I should take my shirt off. But it, he acted like she was all the way down the hall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was dumb. Um, he does take his shirt off though, and now he's sitting in a bar, in a public bar, shirtless for no reason. She's like, "What yep. the fuck?" Uh, he tries to talk to her and apologize for the book situation. She's like, "Yeah, that was awkward." And then, enter the biggest shitbag of all, (laughs) Alex Reynolds. Reynolds proverbially swings his dick in Avalon's face and says the Dark Order rented out the entire bar. Is that a proverb?
3: (laughs) Is that Proverbs 642, and God so swung
1: his dick? (laughs) It is, but you know. There's lots of stuff in the Bible. Um, okay, so yes, Alex comes in and says the Darkwater rented out the entire bar for family and friends, and so he forces Avalon to leave. Mind you, Alex has this fucking shit eating, shit eating grin the whole fucking time. Yeah, he's such a fucking scumbag. All right.
4: At
3: one point, Peter says, "We used to be the librarians," and I wrote, "And now Peter's a dipshit." And or, no, late said it. We used to be the librarians. And now Peter's a dipshit, and I'm not on TV ever.
1: I actually um, what started that? She goes, because Avalon goes, we were the L word. Now and Reynolds is like, excuse me, (laughs) librarians.
3: Oh shit! I said lesbians, didn't I? (laughs) Nobody's gonna get that reference. All
1: right, let's go to Cutler Cam. If you do get that reference, I love you. You're amazing. Let's go to Cutler Cam. yeah, let's got a couple. Right Last out. week's dynamite where we find out the mustaches were Brandon Cutler's idea. Mm. We watch the Fuck. Bucks lose and the Elite are pissed.
3: Funny for a jam packed daily's place those balconies sure look fucking empty.
1: Oh, those seats aren't ready yet.
4: <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right. Before we see how pissed the Elite get. Let's go back to Alex Reynolds, still trying to fucking uh, take a shot with Leva, and then we pan over to about, oh, I don't know, three feet away from the backstage area, and Peter is outside, because that must be right where the fucking, you know, door opens, and he it's fucking pouring, and he's That's just the floor, standing huh? there, like, sad, okay. like... Fucking 80s, you know, lift up the, the boombox type of thing.
3: It needed the Incredible Hulk uh, sad walking away music. Oh, my God. How long has Peter Avalon been standing there to be that fucking drenched? Because he was soaked through.
1: Probably a good 15, 20 minutes. Like, how
3: long did they had, they have to wait to shoot this? So he's like, I'm not wet enough yet.
1: Hang on. What if they had to reshoot it because, like, Leva and or Alex did something or whatever? There was a noise in the background. Like, he just has to keep standing there.
3: Alex Reynolds, Alex Reynolds, fucks up on purpose so that they have to start over. While while Peter Avalon is just standing in the rain. Like, come on,
1: <laughs> fucking wet. All right. Now let's go back to the elite locker room. Uh, Nick Nick Jackson demands to know what what went wrong. They did everything the same. What happened? Um, I do. So I need to go into what the good brother said.
3: I don't remember what it was, and I also don't good. Give a let's skip it. So. Uh, <laughs> they all decide eventually. It involved. It involved
1: coming. That's all I remember. Yes, and then it involved fucking cheating. But anyway. Oh yeah, Carl Anderson's a dipshit. Yeah, he's a fucking dick. Loser. All right, they decide. Um, it's Fuck the, knuckle. it's the mustaches. It's Cutler's fault. Well, mind you, Cutler understands it is his fault because of the cold spray, because Cutler's an idiot. But apparently, it's not the cold spray, it's the mustaches is why they lost.
3: (laughs) Hmm. In the background of this scene, there is a child who is
4: just...
3: (laughs) Shut that child up.
1: Wow. (laughs) Wow. Mm-mm.
3: Also, based on their behavior, you'd think the Good Brothers would need to be at least 500 feet
1: from a child at all times. It's Nick Jackson's kid, so he, you know, I'm sh- I'm assuming his wife, it, you know.
3: Keeps but see, we we, in said check. Kising, we, we said kissing, we said kissing, not coming, so we can say that in front of the kid because the kid doesn't know what kissing means. Jesus Christ. KT says, "Wait, the Good Brothers made dick jokes? Revolutionary! I know." All right.
1: Then Kenny, this is my favorite part. Kenny shows up and he's like, Who's idea with the mustaches? They're amazing. <laughs> I look like Triple H 18 years ago. <laughs> and it's funny because Nick like, absolutely loses his shit. He's like, I'm out of here. I'm out of here. And then <laughs> Kenny and fucking Brandon just admire themselves. They're like, Yeah, I feel like a tough guy. Put him up. Put them up. Like, it reminded me of Cole Cabana and Kenny, back in the good old days of BTE. And by the way, uh, to everybody on Twitch, when I say good old days of BTE, we're talking like pre-pandemic. That's it. And we're not talking like 20 years ago. Fucking just like 18 months ago, this shit was a lot better.
3: Maybe even a Yes, we're not talking the BTEs of 2001. Right. 20 years ago, come on.
1: Uh, let's see here. There wasn't even YouTube in 2001, was there? Yes, there was. Pretty sure there was. Close. But I don't think there was anything good on it yet. Alright. Uh, We go to Griff Garrison, who's uh, in confession. I'm sure you're, sure you're looking forward to this segment. Uh, Griff Garrison says that he hates his fucking tag partner because they have a who-has-the-better-hair feud going on. Uh, Garrison then leaves, and apparently shoot hits his head on a pipe.
3: YouTube, founded February 14th,
1: 2005. Oh! Ooh. Yeah, but before that, there was still websites you could share videos on.
3: No, keep justifying yourself.
1: Go ahead. <laughs> I'm not wrong! I swear. Can we get through this episode of BT, please? Um. Fine. Did you see Garrison hit his head on the pipe? Oh, well, I don't or know if Garrison you saw. You it. You heard it. You heard it. And then they're like, "Keep it in. Keep that in." That well, the word,
3: that, that, that annoyed me. because they that they kept in Garrison going. Oh, keep that in. Keep
1: that in. Yeah. No, that annoyed me too.
3: Cut that shit out. You can you can have the little thing, cup, cup the little text pop up on the screen that says, and then he hit his head on a pipe really hard.
1: Yeah, but don't. Yeah, don't don't have the you know keep yeah. it in. Wow. And obviously they
3: had to keep it in because Brian because Brian Pillman fucking references it directly, but don't keep in the part where
1: he's saying, keep that
4: in, keep that in. Right.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, then it's time for Pillman Jr. to confess. Uh, he confirms the hair feud. Um, Nyla gives Pillman a double thumbs down on the confession and forces a reluctant Vicky to do the same. Still stupid that's what that's what Nyla did
3: Phil Hartman's
1: Frankenstein (laughs)
3: then we go Brian Brian said something uh, Brian said something about Griff being six foot three
1: and thinking he rules the world I hate tall people
3: (laughs) I'm like wait guys who are six foot three don't rule the world
1: no only guys that are six foot five and above
3: oh god damn it Andy (laughs) (laughs)
1: Uh, No, that that part is still stupid. All right, then we go to one of the saddest segments in the history of BTE. Brace yourself. Let's go to the Dark Order Lounge, usually my favorite, favorite part of the week. And maybe it still will be. Maybe this will be a coca Band situation. (laughs) Hangman it's. (laughs) I was going to say something, but we'll do it after because I don't want to spoil it. Hangman is showing the rest of the Dark Order the movie he filmed them in. Um, he's showing them on his phone. They're really excited about the sex scene. They're like, yeah, we did such a good job in the sex
3: scene. There is an 11-year-old right
1: there. <laughs> and you're talking
3: about fucking sexing. Okay. Right Where?
1: Una, negative 1 was in the fucking lounge. Brother. Oh. You jack off. I thought my fucking daughter woke up or something. <laughs> um, yes, I apologize. I completely forgot that. That is true. Yes. Um, negative 1 is like right there. He has no fucking idea what's going on, but he's still right there. Anyway, Hangman says he's gonna go grab another lens so they can film it again. Okay. And in comes the young bucks.
3: No, don't put the bucks in the dark order lounge.
1: The Bucks were like, oh, this is the world famous Dark Order Lounge. The first thing they say is Really, Color? This you're here? You're filming shit? You're filming shit here. This is what you're doing. So then they're like It's his fucking job? Matt's and we, like, know, yes, we know. know that Brandon Cutler is
3: the one who films all the BTE shit
1: and edits. Um,
3: they've told us that before during all the fucking best co- friends need to think of a of, of a bit thing.
1: Yeah, I was going to say two contract Cutler. Huh. Um, Matt Jackson comes in and is like, you know, how dare you, Dark Order, try to stir shit up? And Cabana goes, "No, that's Red Velvet." That's. Red velvet. <laughs> 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 And then and then Nick goes he's like you don't understand you you, you know you don't understand the history between me, us and hangman. It goes back eight years. You 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 think um you know him, you think all of a sudden you're best friends and Colt goes, No, no, that's that's Chucky and Trent. No, can't do that either. <laughs> this
3: is why I love Colt. Oh my gosh. Fucking... Colt and I Colt and I have the same type of and I don't want to say sense of humor, but that same ability to just kind of Think of these random, this ran- these random fucking references on the fly. <laughs> yes, so I'm saying Colt probably has ADHD. Is what
1: I'm saying. Oh, I think he's admitted to it. Um, and it's like an addiction. <laughs> All right. Um, Nick like starts fucking. You know, shut up, Colt. Ba 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 bah bah. bah, bah, bah. <laughs> yeah. And Let's then get to um, the point of this st- ruining the scene. They kick the dark water off BT. Mm-hmm. They tell him to go to BT Dark, a.k.a. Sammy's vlog.
3: Which when which I wrote, do we have to watch Sammy's vlog now?
1: I liked how when they were like, no, we don't want to go to Sammy's vlog. <laughs> <laughs> that show sucks. Um, The Bucks leave. They force Cutler to come with it. The Dark Order's like, Brandon, no. He's like, I, I gotta. I, gotta, they, gotta. I, I, I don't have a choice. And then as they leave, they see Hangman. Hangman looks at them. They don't look at him in the eye. Like, they look in his direction and then quickly walk away. Uh-huh. And we get sad cowboy music again. <laughs> Dude! Okay, just... I'm not guaranteeing this, but is this Hangman versus Kenny storyline... Like, has it been thought out with these little sad cowboy things all the way back two years ago? Or is this just a happy accident? Ah, uh, it's hard to say. Because, it, like, when we first started doing the show, um. Got four spam bots
3: at once in chat. Jesus Christ.
1: When we first started doing the show, that was the very first storyline they started on BTE. It was that, you know, Hangman didn't feel like he belonged with the elite. And the Bucks kind of treated him like shit. Like the one time he asked them, "Can you walk me to the ring?" They were like, "No, man, we gotta produce the show." So if this storytelling really was done purposely for whenever they decided to have Hangman versus Kenny, um, I mean, I know it's it's the YouTube, uh, it's you know, but still they've been doing a good job even on TV with this storyline. Mm. Um, but
3: they may have had like a general idea of probably. Things, but not. not but I mean, as far way. as to we, me, we, and we kind of talked about this last week too, with how you know, obviously plans changed when when Brody Lee died. and You know, the heck is putting Hangman with the Dark Order in that uh, in that situation, and so. But.
1: Uh, no, that's true, but but the thing is, the whole thing just with Hangman versus the Elite. Like I think that's been the plan. So you turn Kenny heel, you turn the Bucks heel. You keep them separate from Hangman, but now when it's time to bring him back into that fold, they're all set up to war with him, the great babyface. They're all established jails that people can't stand. Do you know what I mean? They did a good job with that. More on that later, but I just thought like that little... I don't
3: want to give them credit for shit, though.
1: I mean, (laughs) I will shit on them a lot tonight, so when they do something right... Look, in baseball... If you hit, you know, if you have a day at the plate and you go two out of five, you're the best hitter of the day. That's typically a- what AEW does. They they go two out of five, two out of six on segments on dynamite. All right. Speaking of dynamite, shall
3: keep put, keep put above that Mendoza line. <laughs> uh. I made a sports reference, you guys. I did it. You did it. Uh, dynamite episode ninety three. Straight to the opening video this week. Oh, I'm sorry.
1: Did, what what show are we at? <clears throat>
3: Straight to the opening video this week. And good God, we're back to normal. JR calls it a new era. A new season. A new breath. To
1: AEW.
3: Then all the lights go out because we're opening with Cody.
1: But okay, he didn't even give the name of the show.
3: It's AEW Roadhead.
1: And... It's coming Ant, to you tonight, and it's coming to you tonight, live from the John F Kennedy Middle School. <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about this uh, little coming to you live from the Springfield Grapholarium. Let's let's talk really quickly since the show just started about this nice little arena they found in Miami.
3: I en- I loved your response when I sent you the picture of it from Wikipedia. <laughs> It's the um hang on let me There it is. Because it's the John what is it? The John C Knight James, L., C. The James L. L. <laughs> L Knight Center uh which is a multi-use facility uh, so I think it's part of Miami University. It's got uh, it's got a uh, lecture hall, it's got a theater, it's got a, a convention space like exhibition halls and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. And this is the theater. So those of you who who remember uh this random show you may not have heard of called Metromania uh, there was one episode kind of towards the beginning where it's se- the, the, the the camera angles all seemed really odd, like they didn't want to show half the room mm-hmm. because there wasn't another half of the room
4: because
3: <laughs> it, it, it was a theater. And so they were on the stage and there was nothing behind them to show. Uh, that's that's this situation, basically different theater. I thought maybe it was the same one, but it's not.
1: Uh, well, that would have made sense, at least.
3: They were on, so the entrance was on the stage of this theater, and then the 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 ring was in the the middle of the floor where the floor seats would be. Um, the 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 James L Knight Center Theater has a maximum capacity of about forty eight hundred people. So, based on reports that I saw over the past week, they sold about thirty five hundred tickets.
1: So. Uh,
3: starting off with a bang
1: well okay I can understand when you're first coming out of of,
3: but but, but I sent you the picture I sent you the picture from Wikipedia and you went it's a goddamn lecture hall
1: yeah that's what it looked like um I can understand not wanting to book like the American Airlines arena where the heat play right like I get that
3: AEW has never booked an arena that big
1: but but I expected I, something similar to where what BU has. I feel like it's I
3: feel like one of the reasons that this was such a small venue is because when they started the process for this, there were still a lot of restrictions, re- regulations in place. Yeah, I even agree. In, even in Florida, because right. I remember reading reading something that was like, yeah, we started out with only about twelve hundred tickets available and then restrictions got lifted so we were able to sell more so can you imagine though as as for anybody who didn't who didn't watch this looked so fucking small yeah can you imagine this with a third of the people there it would look like you're in a black black box theater like,
1: that being said when um raw goes back to in front of live crowds in a couple weeks, they're totally gonna do like oh they're going to the garden, aren't they? In well, they're not in the garden till September. Oh, until but September, but I forget where they're starting off. I think they're, they're still doing. South. They're
3: they're also still doing like Florida, Texas.
1: So yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I guarantee you, they they go to like a normal place and they would oh, sell yeah. a shit Absolutely. ton. It's Absolutely. Sweet. But but we'll you know because
3: who cares? There's no fucking variants. Everybody's got their vaccines.
1: I mean d- dude I'm not going to anything like that but I'm just saying <laughs> I don't give a fuck what these people do. Um anyway. <laughs> anyway.
3: Uh luckily for Cody his Shand elevator still works after all those months in, months in storage.
1: Oh wait, I didn't get mad enough. Hold on because I was yeah. I was bitching about the size of the building that they were going to and how they tried to hide it. But but, but please let me bitch about are you fucking kidding me? This is the first fucker I of have to see in front of the in front of a different crowd than Daly's place. Of course it is. With his stupid fucking chandelier.
2: Uh, uh,
1: I'm surprised he didn't come out there with his bow, fucking wh- wife and child. <laughs> I might have turned uh, it off.
3: <laughs> uh QT Marshall already in the ring, just in case you were still curious as to how this might go.
1: <laughs> no one was curious.
3: Cody is wearing his Sergeant Pepper jacket. Justin announces that this is shitty strap match rules. Touch all four corners to win. JR does not know how long the strap is. Nope. <laughs> he try, it's like he started the sentence and then went, oh, shit, I don't have that
1: information. Before you uh, continue, this, um, hmm. I don't think I've seen many strap matches that have different rules than touch all four corners. Well, they should. They should. I just don't think <sighs> I mean they probably have been in the history of wrestling. I just don't think I've seen any on TV.
3: I I would honestly at this point I would cuz we've talked we talked about this on on Nitro Mania at one point. At this point I would be happy to have a strap match that ends in like a pinfall right. or submission because it's fucking
1: done. Well, they have they, they had dog collar matches that I've all seen. All the p- All
3: the possible finishes to a strap match have been done.
1: Okay, I have seen Okay. I have seen dog collar matches. Yes, I understand. You said that. I understand that. But what I'm saying is that they have those a pinfall. And that's kinda the same.
3: Yes, what makes this a Miami Beach strap match? Nothing. Um uh, the the goddamn strap, though, for fuck's sake. This strap sucks. This strap sucks.
4: (laughs) The fucking
3: They make a point of saying, of talking about how, you know, you got to incapacitate your opponent and then drag them to the four corners so you can touch the turnbuckle. The strap is as long as the ring is diagonally. I swear to God. Longer. This is the longest fucking
1: strap. It's longer than that. Because... More on that in a moment. <laughs> yes.
3: Um,. Okay, Cody dives on QT, tosses him back into the ring, and the match begins. Off the ropes, Cody chokes QT with the strap, then th- then QT throws Cody onto the ramp. I don't know how small this building is, but the hard cam is on the entrance stage, original WWE CW style. Uh, Cody counters a cutter and push. That's a lot of C's. Cody counters a cutter and pushes QT into the corner. <laughs> Apparently, I was practicing my alliteration while writing this week. Uh, QT tries a moonsault for no other reason than it gets strapped in the stomach. Cody touches two buckles and gets distracted by Aaron Solo, who hops on the apron and clotheslines. And this brings out Dustin, who we almost don't see. Sal just disappeared, thanks to the weird camera setup. Dustin clotheslines Solo into the crowd, and the chase begins. And we do see Nick Camerato trot gingerly across the screen to follow his friend. Hey, buddy.
1: A little bit too late. I mean, Dustin and and, uh, Solo are halfway up the fucking balcony at this point. (laughs)
3: Uh, QT straps Cody's balls, and we do the corner follow spot. Then they try to tease who will get the fourth corner first, except that Paul Turner has already waved the whole goddamn thing off.
1: <laughs> he uh, Okay. First of all, I was getting pissed, though, when, when Cody was touching the corners behind him, because I was like, don't, please don't. God damn it. This again? Yeah, I was just, like, please, please fucking don't. And then as soon as Paul Turner waved it off, I was like, oh, okay. I can give it a fuck. It's AEW huh?
3: Dynamite, beware of dog.
4: Uh,
3: <laughs> Is is the strap too long? You ask. Well, QT just tossed Cody to the floor and was still able to touch a turnbuckle on the opposite side of the ring.
1: Yup, I was gonna say cause that when you were talking about that before. <laughs> Cody's outside, dude. Cody's outside, and fucking QT's on the opposite turnbuckle. So
3: we've never determined exactly how how large the AEW ring is. It's not it's not twenty by twenty. It's not WWE, but I'd say it's at least sixteen by sixteen, if not eighteen by eighteen. Right. So if we can, assume, if we assume that the ring is eighteen by eighteen, mm-hmm. this strap is like twenty-five
1: feet long, which is stupid. Because so stupid. I understand you, you you need to have slack, but there's no reason it should be anything more than than fifteen hey, to sixteen hey. feet. Cut
3: him some slack. <laughs> <sighs> oh man! Fuck's sake! Uh, QT gets pulled into the ring post so he can blade. Cody hits a buckle, uh, and the power goes out for a moment. Cody <gasps> shrugs it Lights off. out on
1: dynamite.
3: There's, there, well, there's some weather in the
1: area. Oh. Uh, I right, said so that later. <laughs> I put for the first time in wrestling history, it's no one. AEW,
3: it's AEW dynamite. Beware of dog. Power goes out during a strap match. It's fucking AEW dynamite. Beware of dog. Did you do that math earlier? Because that's right. No, I didn't. Uh, Uh Uh, cutie, cutie wraps a cutie, cutie wraps the strap around his fist and punches Cody in the head. Then he straps him in the back. Sal, (laughs) Mm -hmm. the strap does not make any noise. Nope. And that really takes the heat (laughs) off of it completely.
1: (laughs) Do you remember?
3: there is absolutely no satisfying snap of leather on skin. Mm hmm. Which is a phrase I never thought I'd say on a podcast. But it's true. <laughs> it is. It's it's there's it just goes.
1: Dude, do you remember the sound that it made when Cody got his lashes from yes. Wardlow? And how Absolutely. everybody was like, oh, oh. fuck. And then we saw like it, this was kind of gruesome for anybody who has never seen it. We literally saw like Cody's back like mangled.
3: More on that in a moment.
1: Yes, go ahead. Oh,
3: good God! <laughs> Which um, makes me
1: think: Was this even a leather strap? <laughs> like,
3: right? Fucking plastic. Uh, like? Yeah, I've got two. I've got two paragraphs before cloth. that.
1: Um,
3: <laughs> we're up on top now. Q- QT getting choked some more. QT then counters a Hurricane Rana off the top with a super power bomb, and both men are down. Uh, QT touches turnbuckles, but then just stops to punch Cody in the face again. (laughs) Sal clearly doesn't know what Chad is into. Hmm. Um, QT wraps Cody with the strap. Excalibur begins to explain this. JR interrupts him and then says, I'm sorry, Mark. Um, QT with the cutter off the buckles with Cody all wrapped up. Oh, my God. He hits one buckle, then two, then three. But Cody tug of war is way out of a loss, and Paul Turner waves it off again. QT straps Cody in the back. Cody hulks up. JR says, those straps can cut flesh, which is funny because for a strap match, there are literally no welts on either competitor. None. <laughs> Nothing. Cody fires up, hits a head scissor, straps QT in the back, hits the Cody cutter. Arn references his old friend Chris Benoit. Cody touches three, despite two interactions that Paul Turner would have called off before right. in A low blow. QT stops the fourth, even though it doesn't fuck matter. Uh, Cody hits three crossroads z- 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 in a row and hits all four buckles. Sal.
1: Whoa, 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 whoa. Why did QT stop what did QT do after he stopped Cody from touching the fourth buckle? Oh. I don't know. He spit right. in his face. Oh, okay. Like full-blown. <sighs> I was like, ew, really? That's what we're gonna do in front of live fans? Like the first time? <laughs> like? <laughs> COVID. <sighs> Gross. Sal. Disgusting. Sal. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And then he hits the three crossroads as it is, and then he just walks around and goes bing, bing, bing. <laughs> correct.
3: Correct me if I'm wrong here. That was boring as shit. Right? That was awful. That sucked. Strap matches are not good, anyways. They made it sound like bad. it was
1: like the best match too. Like Jr. And like did. It's fucking ex- Cody and Tony were like. Oh my god! I'm so glad I was here to witness this match. What a match.
3: What a match, folks, folks! We gotta go to commercial. I gotta get new
0: pants. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, I mean, there was uh, uh, look, Is there a couple decent spots. Sure, the power bomb was fine. Cody's an idiot for trying to do a huracana, but the the power bomb was fine. Um, and uh, one, I, I think when when QT fucking Mule kicked him in the nuts, mm-hmm. that was good too. That's about it. Two spots that I I was mildly entertained.
3: Yeah. Otherwise it's just typical strap match bullshit except for the strap that was way too long and didn't do any damage whatsoever.
1: Right, now somebody's gonna be like, Oh you want the wrestlers to kill themselves. Motherfucker, this exact same show showed us what they used for a strap not oh. even a year ago.
3: Mm-hmm. We run down tonight's card. We watched Sean Spears hit Sammy Guevara in the head with a chair. Earlier today, Sean Spears was talking to a camera. I appreciate the steel chair lapel pin. Did you notice that? Mm Mm-hmm. On his jacket? Very cool. Uh, Sean says Sammy's ego is his downfall. He's always two steps ahead, and then a chair flies in from off-screen and takes him out. Surprise! It's Sammy.
1: Sean Spears is a moron. (laughs) Yeah. uh, Shivani interviews
3: Kenny Omega up next. So in, like, 15 minutes. When we return from break, Tony is in the ring. Holy fuck. Sal, this is a monumental night in the history of this great sport. AEW learned what the word next means. Barely. Tony brings out Kenny along with Don Callis. I don't understand why the high hard cam is across from the stage and the low hard cam is on the stage. That is not good video production. Derek Mitchell knows what I'm talking about.
1: Okay. Okay. Uh, Let's talk about Kenny. Okay, I'm... You haven't even started yet. I know, but, well, he came out. You said he came out, right? Hey. He is where... He has the fucking... Lemmy Omega mustache.
4: Lemmy (laughs) Omega... Okay. I love
1: that. He's got... um, Who'd you steal that from? No, that was mine. He's got um, like a snakeskin friggin' uh, button down on, right? Then he's got like snakeskin pants and these like pointy boots this dude looks like the final boss in like rambo 4
3: (laughs) So you're saying he raided jake the snake's closet from
1: 40 fucking years ago dude tell me he doesn't look like somebody who fought jean-claude van damme that one time (laughs) i think it's great he looks like pete you know no you know what he he looks like the only jean-claude
3: van damme movie i know is street fighter
1: he's like the um the ivory dealer Who's, like, stealing, like, Elvin tusks and, like, Jean-Claude Van Damme or Arnold or Stallone has to go in there and, like, stop him. Sure. You don't appreciate that, Kenny's look?
3: I don't know any of the movies that you're referencing. Oh, my God. Callus steals the mic immediately, calls Tony a geriatric Tommy Bahama model, which I appreciate. And shoes him away. Don, Don wants to give us a history lesson, because in the last several months, they've made history. The crowd chants, you got fired at Callus. You know uh, and he runs And he runs down the list of who Kenny Omega has beaten. Moxley, Phoenix, Jungle Boy. Kenny's got a lot of belts.
1: Do you know why he, they were chanting, you got fired at him? Yeah, it's from Impact. Who cares? <laughs> uh, he, he, he calls the fans
3: insects and says he's realized that they have a very big problem. Again, Callis says they've beaten everyone. The crowd chants, something unintelligible. Don says it's a desperate situation. There's no challenger for Fight for the Fallen and the crowd chants for Hangman. And here comes the Dark Order. Uh, Uno gets the cheap pop. Calls Callis Kenny's weird uncle and says he has a few questions for the champ. Uno wants to know why they're ignoring the crowd, why they're ignoring the number one ranked wrestler in AEW, and why Kenny is afraid of his friend. Um, Kenny calls Uno a non-sport playing numbnuts. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, the crowd chants cowboy shit Kenny then goes for the classic bully joke as uh, as Sean put it from fucking elementary school asking Uno what's the capital of Thailand before kicking him in the balls because it's Bangkok you get it you get it you get it
1: hey you know what I don't even care if, if every other host has an issue with me saying this I fucking love petulant child Kenny Omega I think mm. it's hilarious <laughs> He's like, he, so not only is he like a villain from the 80s movie, he's also like one of those little punk kids, like in Problem Child. <laughs> oh, my God. <sighs> and Uno fell for it. He was like, well, yeah. Mr. Omega, let me tell you. Of course, everyone knows the capital is.
3: <laughs> but nobody said Bangkok. Oh, wait, Kenny said Bangkok. No, Kenny
1: did. Kenny said Bangkok. Um, My snack bar drawer is being raided. <laughs> oh okay uh, wait 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 so uh-huh do you okay were you um i thought uno did a really nice job here no yeah um uh, yeah, yeah. we got in the ring he's like after he there's said something weird, about
3: there's something about uno when he when he dresses up in like the
1: suit. But still has the mask on, it's and it like just looks so good. Dar- it's like the classic Dark Order. Like it that's... just looks so good. Yeah, it does. But like when he came in the ring and he was like, "Oh, the men are talking now," <laughs> I thought that was fucking hilarious. And then, I mean, he's much more comfortable on them on that mic than Jungle Boy. That's pretty obvious. Yeah. <laughs> and he you doesn't think. And it's not like a fuck up situation. Like he de- he delivers everything in the perfect tone. Now, I don't think Stu or Alex or John Silver could do that. But, you know, I'm I'm giving Uno some credit
4: here.
3: So, <sighs> so Kenny kicks him
1: in the nuts. We
3: get a pure sixer, and then the horse bell chimes, and Paige rushes the ring. I forgot that I wrote that. The horse bell. Bong. Uh, Hangman sends Nakazawa into Kenny, then takes out the Good Brothers two-on-one. They tease a buckshot, but you can't pay that off tonight. Come on. Uh, Also, I'm not sure he could pull it off in that shirt. Paige enters the ring. They go face-to-face. Anderson hops on the apron. Paige goes for Anderson. Omega takes the belt and turns tail. Good segment.
1: Really good segment. Good segment. So, they played it perfectly. Yep. They they did not have Hangman come out to the ring, even though, you know, Hangman acknowledged the segment last week. Uh, It was just the Dark Order. And then you have the... And Kenny went out there by himself, so... Then you have the Good Brothers jump the Dark Order from behind the Good Brothers and Nakazawa, mm-hmm. and you know you're doing this thing where um, Kenny's in the ring beating the shit out of Stu Grayson, and then Hangman's music starts and the crowd fucking pops huge, huge. It's the pop. It's the pop Cody wishes he got <laughs> when the night started. Um. And then Hangman comes down, takes care of the Good Brothers, and he sets up on the apron, and you tease it because you want to hear them, but you don't you don't pull that trigger. And right. then I like that they got face to face, but Omega used like a distraction to like run away. Right.
3: Yeah, it's good stuff.
1: Now let me ask you this: Do you think we do it when they do the match? Because I remember Callis said something in this in this segment about um, we don't have a challenger for fight for the fallen. Right. You can't do this match at fight for the fallen. You can't
3: do this match at fight for the fallen. But then
1: why would he say that? That wasn't said by accident. Unless they give like somebody from the Dark order a shot against Kenny at fight for the fallen?
3: Something. They got to do something.
1: And he beats the uh, fuck out of him. <laughs> the
3: fuck out of him, yeah.
1: John Silver. John Silver would be I mean everybody's going to be like, "Well, John Silver's getting a title shot." But it's on, first of all, it's on Dynamite. Yeah, you know I mean, it's not like it's at all out.
3: I feel like Uno would make more sense given the past couple of weeks when Uno's been the Uno. one coming out. Uno's been the one coming out to speak for Hangman. Mm-hmm. Um, you could absolutely do Uno, but But yeah, Uno, they they do the match, and and like you said, Uno just gets the Kenny just beats the fuck out of Uno, and that is kind of what finally flips the switch in Hangman and Hangman leads us to yeah.
1: Uh, because, yeah, then all after out. that, you can do all these things where, like, Hangman's so mad, but he just tears through everybody. Everybody Kenny sends at him. You know what I mean? Um, you got to do it that way because, y- you know, all out, still not for six weeks.
3: Yeah. And I, I also heard, uh, I think it was actually, might have been Sean or might have been somebody in the host thread, said, oh, so Ken- so Kenny says, uh, you know, Kenny throws someone at Hangman for, at Fight for the Fallen and saying, oh, you want to face me? You got to beat whoever. If it's Anderson, if it's Gallows, it's whoever it is, and you know, obviously, Paige wins that match, and we get, and that's how we get
1: our title shot at that all out. But, you know what I was thinking?
3: Because fight, because fight, fight for the fallen isn't a fucking pay per view, so you don't have to have a title shot. Right?
1: No, you don't. But I, I just didn't know why Don Callis said that. But right. my only thing is, um, and I'm curious if they, if they end up doing this, if. <laughs> you know, you get since since the box are kind of also feuding with Hangman, right? Like at least on BTE they are. Mm. Um, you could make Hangman have to go through the box at. Uh, I mean,
3: like a like a two on one situation.
1: Or they could be like, yeah, good luck finding a partner. I was the only partner you ever had. No one wants a team with a drunk. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then. Um, whether he has to go it alone or whether he brings in like, I don't know, fucking silver or something, <laughs> um, or maybe the elite hunter, Frankie Kazarian, yeah. um, that, uh, that, that's fine. Um, but yeah, I think you even, you can even tie in the bucks to this and make it like that really personal before he even gets to Kenny.
3: That's the thing about this elite, uh, this elite situation right now is there is, there's so many strings. Mm-hmm going a bunch of different directions if there's a bunch of things that you can kind of you can kind of do yeah so we'll see uh jr then throws it to a sit down with himself darby allen and ethan page
1: a sit down that he prefaces as (laughs) good this was a really strange interview probably the weirdest of my career
3: of course it was in what fucking universe does it make sense (laughs) that you would want the both of them in the same goddamn room
1: when they're trying to kill each other, like, and have been yeah. for like fifteen years. <laughs>
3: Jr. says he's a little. Jr. says he's a little disgusted, a little uneasy, because they're talking about ending careers, and that makes him sad. <laughs> Ethan Page is like, "Why?" Page says, "Darby deserves it, so Jr. shouldn't be sad."
1: <laughs> I thought that was a good line.
3: Jr. asks for a history lesson. Darby says his first year in the business was Ethan's 12th, and Ethan was pissed that Darby was as good as him in a much shorter time.
1: Oh, so this uh, is Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens.
3: <laughs> NXT style. Dar- Darby talks about being homeless, calls Paige complacent, says Ethan's still jealous because he made it to AEW first. Paige admits to this, but says he plucked Darby from obscurity and brought him into the business, brought him up in the business. Page is the reason Darby even has a career. So... Uh, Paige makes a Bill Cosby joke, timely, gross, about yeah. fatherhood into a joke about wrestling, uh, saying he brought Darby into this business and he'll take him out. Uh, JR then decides to reference the Eagles for some goddamn reason and we go to the ring. <laughs> well, I, I don't have a peaceful, easy feeling about this. What? Just because it's Miami, I don't fucking understand.
1: I don't understand uh, JR anymore. I don't think he understands himself either, so don't feel bad. But,
3: Page agrees that since Darby didn't touch him during this little interview, that they'll have their coffin match next week at Night One of Fighter Fest.
1: He goes, "Thank you for not touching me," and I'm like, "What? Like in a in a weird way?" And I'm like, "Oh, because of the thing from last week." Okay, got it. <laughs> but um, yeah, th- this was uh, I don't know. Darby's like, "I thought my fault you out of a wife and kids, and you stayed in the same town you grew up in." <laughs> what? What? It's kind of a shitty thing to, like, throw in someone's face. I don't know. Not my favorite fucking promo from Darby. Page was fine. Yeah, yeah. JR was awkward. <laughs> Extremely fucking awkward. So, it's match number two. Instead of giving us um, the tag match we want, we twist it into a six-man, and it's Wardlow and FTR versus Hager and Santana and Ortiz. Shame. Shame. The Pinnacle are coming to the ring by Tully Blanchard. The inner circle accompanied by
3: Conan. It's not just me, right? The the beginning of the Pinnacles theme song sounds like the beginning of the Four Horsemen theme song in WCW. It was done like
1: that on purpose. Okay. <laughs> and I don't even know that for a fact. I could just the first time I heard it, I was like, oh. <laughs> it's a it's a it's like when they gave um, uh, Curtis Axel his new music, and it was a parodies of his father's. It wasn't a parody. <laughs> Not a
3: It's a, remi- it a remix.
1: It's a mean, remix. I would call it a remix, but yeah, sure, fine, a remix. Uh, okay. Uh, the bell rings, and Dax charges at Santana, who then drops with drops him with a double league takedown. Santana beats the hell out of Dax with just straight right hands. They brawl back and forth until Santana hits two amigos, but switches up on the third and hits a release German suplex. Santana tags in Ortiz, who gets on all fours, so Santana can hit an assisted standing moonsault. Ortiz hits a Northern Light suplex, and this gets a two count. Dax tags in Cash. Cats hits a po- Cash hits a power slam on Ortiz. Cash tags in Wardlow, who hits a gut wrench powerbomb on Ortiz for a two count. <clears throat> Mm-hmm. Wardlow! Wardlow! Nice choice of power bombs, by the way, since that used to be Hager's finisher back in uh, <laughs> WWE days. Uh, but there is no mention of it because they know it's a better finisher than the hand and arm hug.
3: Are they gonna hug?
1: The Pinnacle try to isolate Ortiz, but he fights back and hits a Liger bomb on Dax, who tries to use the robes to sneak a pin, but Santana kicks him in the face and Ortiz tags in Hager. Uh, Rock-hard Jake Hager charges to the heel corner to knock Ward to the floor. Don't. No. <laughs> and then runs back to the face corner to hit a Hager bomb on Dax. I hate that it's called that. It's just fucking weird. Before Hager can cover Cash, uh, before Hager can cover, Cash comes charging in, but Hager tosses him over with an overhead suplex and then clotheslines each member of FTR over the top rope. Hager's fired up, and this... Takes us to some good old-fashioned Boston Redbox. It's not even relevant. When we get back, we see Cash get dropped by Santana with a cutter. Ortiz gets tagged in and goes on the offense. And then the inner circle triple team the shit out of Cash. Hager hits a huge spinebuster on Cash, Ortiz covers, but Wardlow breaks it up. Cash tags in Dax, and they double-team Ortiz, and Dax hits a power bomb that leads to a jackknife cover for a two-count. Dax tries a suplex, but Ortiz reverses it and hits a suplex of his own, uh, despite what Excalibur would have you believe. <laughs> Got him with the brain buster! We did it! <laughs> Ortiz tags out to Hager, and Hager attempts a Hager bomb, but Cash gets the boots up, but Hager blocks the boots and locks in the ankle lock. Not surprising though, Dax breaks it up. Dax goes off the ropes and eats a big boot from Hager. Hager dares Wardlow to get in the ring, and Dax tags out to Mister Mayhem. Hager and Wardlow slug it out, uh, and then Hager manages to lock Wardlow in the ankle lock. FTR break it up, and with Santino and Ortiz down on the outside, apparently, because I don't know what the fuck happened to them. All of a sudden, they were just gone. Uh, FTR hit the big rig on Hagar and Wardlow covers for the win. So that was a that was a clean as a whistle finish. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> so the inner circle of bitches now, right? Is that the is that the
0: giving? I
1: don't know. What happened to Santana Ortiz? Did were they just selling on the outside? Like I know they had to crawl to get out of the ring, but. That was like 12 minutes ago. <laughs> yeah, right? Uh, I don't know. I,
3: I, I don't know. What'd you I think? Literally, I literally had no other notes on that match. Yeah. Um,
1: it was...
3: It was, uh, it was a fucking trios match, so it was just chaos. On top of chaos, on top of chaos.
1: Um, There were some spots from Santana Ortiz I enjoyed in FTR, but this shit with Hager is just... Eh, I'm over it. It just doesn't do anything for me. Like, this whole offensive... Arsenal just mm <laughs> um, and of course he finishes it off with a hug. Not not this match, but you know, in general. Uh speaking of bitches, after the match Conan gets in the ring to hit Wardlow in the back of the head with the mad ball. It has zero effect. Mm-hmm. Wardlow gets ready to murder Conan, but Tully hits Conan with a chop block. Yep. I would have preferred Wardlow just murder him. <sighs> And plus, I don't want to see Telly versus Conan. Please don't get no. Telly versus Conan. I uh, no. You know they'll do that next week. Uh, speaking of next week, the IWGP United States Championship is on the line when a apparently returning John Moxley takes on Carl Anderson. Oh, Dad, didn't know this was a thing. We go to a video from the Good Brothers. Carl Anderson gives us a history of the Bullet Club and the IWGP United States Championship. He says that the fact that Mox has the title around his waist makes him sick. Next week, Fighter Fest, night one, they get to do their favorite thing beat up John Cena! Moxley! <laughs> After this, any comments on the uh, Moxley versus Carl Anderson match?
3: Anderson posted another thing on Twitter about this. I think it was it might have been a link to the video or retweeting AEW's posting of the video. And again, referencing WB without saying WB.
0: Oh, he tried to bury me. Shut up, dude. that what he said? Fucking guy.
1: This fucking guy. All right. After this, uh, MJF makes his way down to the ring for our face-to-face. That's coming up. Right after these commercial messages. Uh, back to Dynamite so we can sing along with the fat douchebag who's losing his hair at a faster rate than Jackson Riker.
3: <laughs> oh, hey, it's Brock Lesnar guy.
1: <laughs> there was a couple of uh, the old school, well, not even old school, pre-pandemic uh, Florida mainstays. Brock Lesnar guy, um, the guy who we thought was you for three years, he was in the front row. <laughs>
3: Also, they showed it a large number of crowd members who didn't know the fucking lyrics to the song. during. They karaoke. were like...
4: Uh,
1: uh, <laughs> uh, someone from the crowd decides he needs his 15 minutes of fame and tries to get in the ring. Luckily, security snatches him up and we don't see his face.
3: A fan rushes the ring. Hey, this is WCW.
1: Yeah. You know... Forget about the virus aspects of it. Maybe they should have just left the glass boards up. AEW never did glass boards. Ever? Nope. Uh, well, maybe they should invest in them. Uh, <laughs> uh, let's see here. MGF goes off the cuff and says, I welcome any of you other fat white trash hicks so- to come in here so I can beat your ass. Oh, I wanted somebody to do it just so you could beat yeah. the shit out of them. <laughs> MJF and Jericho and by the way don't I, I'm joking don't fucking do that wrestling fans with no. fucking grimy shit I, like no, you deserve to get your fucking jaw broke if that yeah. happens for More real. on that dipshit later by the way oh great <laughs> not a lot but alright MJF and Jericho sit opposite ends of the your typical contract table but it's lengthwise and it's fucking with me I uh, stole
3: this from the conference room upstairs yeah
1: MJF rips into Jericho and says it's pathetic that after losing to MJF twice, here Jericho is begging him for another match and willing to take any stipulation that he throws his way. Um, I said this many times Mm -hmm. to many different hosts. Every time MJF cuts a promo, he's telling the truth.
3: (laughs) We talked about it last week. We talked about it last week.
1: MJF is right. I don't understand why he's the heel. But anyway. Um, because he's such a good heel, that's why. True. Uh, Jericho interrupts him uh, and first insults the members of the crowd that were chanting y j by saying Y2J died a long time ago. Yeah. Uh, and he should have let that fat bastard come in the ring and beat MJF's ass. Except yeah, for he wasn't so Jericho, aiming for MJF; he was aiming for Jericho.
3: So Jericho is encouraging fans to rush the ring. Yes, that seems like a good plan. He's a fucking piece of shit. What do you expect?
1: Uh, okay. Now, that being said, I am a broadcast journalist. I, Since like, when? I like to keep my opinions objective, okay? So <sighs> I, w- I will give credit where credit is due. The next line Jericho has actually made me laugh, okay? It says he'll accept any stipulation. He'll stand in front of a Mack truck. He'll swim in a lake filled with piranhas. He'll even have sex with Max's mother. Oh, wait for it, wait for it, wait for it, wait for it again! Oh shit! I I did. La- I'm sorry. And then MJF sold it like a million bucks too. Yeah, like yeah. And then and then I'll give credit to the Florida crowd because MJF tries to to Who's follow up and they start chanting, "Who's your Who's daddy?" daddy? <laughs> that was good. That was good. Uh, <laughs> uh, MJF, however and this, I'll give him all the credit in the world does not rattle in fact, he seems even more poised and says he has followed Joker's career and what?
3: Astro says broadcast journalist was five minutes late to his broadcast <laughs> it was closer to 10
1: that's okay, Adam was two days late so there you go <laughs> uh, mm, just saying uh, I was ready Thursday at nine thirty. Anyway, uh, he said one of his favorite things about Jericho's career was his feud with John Moxley. That's a lie. That was nobody's favorite thing. <laughs> um, and then, and when Mox wanted a match, he made Mox fight every member of the Inner Circle. That was inspiring. He,
3: he meant he meant to say Shawn Michaels. He said John Moxley next. Huh?
1: <laughs> MJF says he's going to take that idea and make it better. He states, uh, states he's a fan of Greek mythology, one of his favorites... Um, first of all, when he said that, I'm like, where are we going here? There's so many different directions we could go here. MJF um, says he's going to take the idea and make it better, Greek mythology. Uh, he's One of his favorite stories in Greek mythology is the, the labors of Hercules. Now, Adam, you're going to have to help me with this one. Uh, Jericho will have five labors. The first four will be opponents of MJF's choosing, all with different stipulations, and he has to win all four matches. Okay?
3: Yay, Jericho gets to have four matches in a row. That'll be fucking
1: I don't cool. think it's, it's on tonight. the same night. Um, I'm pretty sure he said in a row. <laughs> I know, they're not going
3: to... may have misheard him, but I'm pretty sure. They're not going to
1: make a dynamite full of, full of uh, just a Jericho night. Like, they're not going to do that. They won't, I'm telling you. Maybe they... Look... I think we do, like, night one, he fights, you know, Dax, and then, like, the next week, he fi- I, I Come on. Anyway. Uh And then the fifth stipulation, and this is what you're going to have to explain to me, the fifth stipulation is you get to fight me. Wait, so there's not five stipulations, there's actually only four because then he gets what he wants after four. Do you know what I mean? Mm. <laughs> the fifth one would be like, but, I get to lash you ten times with my belt or something.
3: But he has to win all four.
1: I know, but that's still not, I have five stipulations. And then,
3: and then he has the fifth fight against MJF.
1: <sighs> Jericho says he accepts, and if he can't beat MJF, maybe he doesn't deserve to be an AEW. God,
3: I hope he loses. Please lose.
1: Please lose. But Jericho will accept because he's the god of, I don't know, fucking farting. He's the god of thunder. He's the god of fucking (laughs) geriatric rock and roll. Uh, And the god of war. That's why he steals the fucking video game from PS2. He says he's the god of war.
3: I wrote, wrote, "Uh uh-oh, Grandpa Chris is getting screamy again.
1: (laughs) He's going to ruin MJF. like that time MJF tried to ruin his by making everybody see that he fell on a pillow. My career and everybody's saying i'm not tough Man. jericho signs the contract tosses it at max max says before jericho leaves there's one more thing see mjf doesn't come from a dumpster fire like miami again not wrong <laughs> he comes from long island new york okay and in long island a deal is not done until they shake hands i don't think that's a thing but anyway MJF demands Jericho shake his hand or the deal's off. Which was weird, because I'm like, that's, that's your sticking home point? <laughs> shake my hand or we'll never fight again! <laughs> Jericho,
3: by the way, before, when, when Jericho accepts the stipulations, he says, if I can't withlast your labors of Jericho... With last is not a word. No, it is not a word at all. Outlast, sure. Withstand, absolutely. With last, no.
1: Maybe he started saying one and then take,
3: take luck. <laughs> you have luck. Take, take care of the luck.
1: With last, no. Who was the guy who did that a few episodes of Dynamite ago? Was it Tully? No, it was somebody. It wasn't Tully. Oh, it was on NXT. It was Dibiase. He completely. It, this was like two months ago. Um, when he was doing a backstage segment, and it was live. He completely fucked up. He was like, uh, uh the, the guy with the thing. It just—it was funny. Anyway, uh, Jericho does shake his hand, but he doesn't let go. He pulls Max in and delivers a piss poor Judas effect. I wrote. I wrote shitty Judas. That. MJF sells like he's a scared goat. You've seen the goat videos, right? You've never oh, the seen. Fainting them? The yeah. fainting goats? Yeah. Yes. Yes. That's how MJF sold it. <laughs> yeah, they do that when they're scared. He's got stiff legged and fall over. Uh, that's what MJF did pretty yeah. much. He went straight down with his arms out like, like a fucking cartoon. Uh, Jericho's music plays and we go to break. Back to from- you. Back from break so we can see who's who's at Dynamite. And tonight, it's the members of uh, American Top Team. Yay! Good for them. Sure Keep it, it moving. Is. Keep it moving. I don't care. I really don't. I, I'm sorry, I don't. Uh, we get a video recap of Nyla putting Britt through a table last week. We go to a backstage interview. Tony is with Dr. Britt Baker. And, of course, Rebel is on crutches.
3: We are told before break... We are told before break that leads up to this interview. Up next, Matt Sidal versus Otro. mm
1: mm-hmm. See that's why I said earlier they didn't they barely figured it out that time.
3: They, they forgot they forgot what next means again. Yep.
1: Awesome. They kind of figured it out once throughout the whole show and then they fucked it up the next six times. Okay. Let's peek behind the curtain. I heard through the grapevine that somebody took a fucking cheap shot at the WWE on Dynamite. Now, when I hear something like that, I instantly think Cody, Jericho, maybe Mox, or Caddy Kingston. Now, Kingston said, just does
3: an off air after the show. And
1: you said to me. Don't forget, you know, to keep an ear out for it because it's during your segment. So when the Jericho MJF segment ended, I'm like, oh, I guess it's not now. I guess it's from somebody else later. That's weird. So then let's start this backstage segment, shall we? Uh-huh. Britt Baker says she was forced into a match that no one wanted to see. She's right. Against the known conspirator, don't know about that. Of whatever, and a danger to society, and a senior citizen. (laughs) Uh Yeah, she screams directly at Tony Khan and claims that she's made him millions. I don't think that's true. (laughs) Um, and that she draws. I don't know if she draws. Uh, and that. (laughs) and that she um, that Tony Khan should be ashamed of himself
3: you don't think Brit draws
1: draws in fans yeah when I think of draw I'm thinking of like the people who are selling out the house like like Hogan, Cena Roman I don't think that 90% of the people who are going to Dynamite are doing it for Brit Baker not yet. Not yet. You know who draws for the women in wrestling? Sasha Banks. You put her name up there, you'll sell out a building. Becky Lynch, you put her name up there, you, she'll sell out a building. You think Brit's at that level already?
3: I think Brit draws. Hmm.
1: I think she'll get there one day, but I don't know if she's there now. Anyway, Britt Baker then decides to say that Tony uh, did all this. Tony Khan did all this because Vicky Guerrero brought him Andrade. So she tells Tony to enjoy his blood money, and maybe next week Dynamite can air in Saudi Arabia. Explain to me why that line is like some big dig at the WWE When Tony Khan himself I'm sorry, his father has done big Shao business Khan. big big business with the Saudi Prince himself.
3: I don't know, I'm not Britt Baker.
1: You don't think that's bullshit? I didn't say that. Okay, so I'm not saying I'm condoning the WWE and and their dealings with Saudi Arabia. I'm like, pot, kettle, like, your billionaire owner is just as much of a piece of shit, and he's done big business with not only Saudi Arabia, but he put the prince over, like, a million bucks, like, oh, thanks for the amazing... uh, you know, leadership of Prince, whatever the Prince of Saudi Arabia's name is, I'm like, are you kidding me right now? Like, so let me ask you this. Because in AEW, supposedly, they don't have writers, right? Mm. Britt said this off the cuff, or not off the cuff, but Britt wrote this line herself, or somebody told her to say it? Because it Mm. seems weird. It doesn't seem like her character to say something like that
3: not a question i can answer
1: i don't know i didn't like it though i thought it was a fucking cheap shot just to get a pot no definitely All right, so we're back to blatant shots at wb now that we're on the road on the road again exactly that's and you know what what disappoints me <laughs> there's that father coming out of me what disappoints me is that it's it's lazy Like, Mm. you can say things, if you got a 30-second promo, you got a two-minute promo, you can, like, you you know, you can use those two minutes to be very entertaining and become a very memorable part of the show, or you can piss it away by taking a cheap shot at WWE for the nine millionth time in your existence in less than two years.
3: Oh, but the stands will love it.
1: Guess what? The stands aren't going anywhere. You know what I mean? You already have their money, as the old wrestling promoter uh, lingo goes. (laughs) Whatever. This is why their ratings keep fucking dropping. Anyway. Shall we finally get to Matt Matt something versus (laughs) Untrading? Oh, sure. What's wrong
3: one now? Come on, my. Come on, computer, do what I want you to do. Thank you. Enter Matt Sidow. And you were right, Sal. You were right. It is my time to fly. <laughs> <laughs> or my time my time to fly, not uh, whatever the fuck I thought it was last week.
1: Shine, uh, which would also uh, make shine. sense. Right. But he
3: goes, fly. Matt's entrance is a perfect example of the issue with having the two hard cams opposite each other. Matt enters, turns his back to the, hard, to the high hard cam. Then backs to the ropes and turns around just as we cut to the other hard, get to the low hard cam. So his back is to us again. You're crossing planes. It's not good visuals. No, man, I, took per, I took I took video production classes. Even uh, even uh, enter, I,
1: I, who did not take video production classes, will tell you that as a viewer, it just doesn't look right. Exactly,
3: exactly. It's called crossing the plane. Uh, enter Andrade with Vicky and an unnamed gear wrangler. Andrade removes the headgear he's wearing and is sweating like a bastard underneath.
4: Well, first
1: uh, of remember, all...
3: This remember pres- Miami, Uno said it was hot. That's why he yes. wasn't wearing his jacket. He said it was hot.
1: And, and it is hot. It's very hot, Miami.
3: But... <laughs>
1: let's point out also mm. that this isn't your typical luchador mask. This is like some uh-huh. some shrunken black... Skull-looking thing.
3: This is based off of a comic book character, and I'm trying to remember where I saw who it was referencing so I can look it up.
1: uh, All I'm saying is it was extra hot, because it was, like...
3: Because it was black, yeah. Yeah, it was black, and it
1: was just, like, the way it was, like, clinging to his face. It it was not a breathable fabric. No, not at all. Not at all. Like... Uno's mask looked more comfortable than this thing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Not a good choice. Not for Miami. <laughs> I wanna say it's something from DC Comics, and I can't think I was gonna say it's not Marvel. But anyway. Uh yeah, I can't I can't. Somebody Ooh, somebody oh. will let us know. <laughs>
3: Somebody'll be like, yeah. He dumbasses! It's blah, 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 blah.
1: and then he also had he also had a tearaway suit, <laughs> but the it's the the white the
3: white stroop the white the white stroop the white pinstripe the, the white the white suit with the black pinstripes. that's right that's it's right the black the black skull and the black hands it's some it's some DC Comics character I'm fairly certain it's DC but some DC Comics character what it, what it, what it looks like that I don't have the time to look up right now um, Sidell starts with a hammerlock Andrade fights out. We get a tilt to whirl into a schoolboy for a one. Andrade with a twisting suplex. He goes up top until Sidal eventually catches him. Vicky continues to scream at ringside. Andrade knocks Sidal off, hits the, shoulder, hits the double jump moonsault, and that's a two count. And during replay, Sidal catches the leg on the super kick and hits a standing twisting splash. Off the ropes, the sunset flip is countered for two. Sidal goes to work on the left leg. A big spin kick drops Andrade, and Sidal goes up top. He gets caught in a much timelier fashion and drops to the floor, and we go to box. Uh, when we return, we're uh, trading strikes and kicks. A side out, uh, sent into the corner. Oh God! But he avoids the charging knee off the ropes for a back heel kick. More kicks. Andrade blocks the Irish whip. More kicks. than a very awkward crucifix gets a two count for a side out. Uh, His jump-
4: name
1: thing- is Black Mass. Black Mask. Sorry. <laughs> Thank you. No, that was my fuck up with un- with somebody else's finisher. <clears throat> right, no, but that's the uh, character Andrade was trying to be. Black mask, yes. That makes sense. And looking uh, at him, return, he nailed it pretty good.
3: Yeah, no, it's, it's yeah, I already read that part. Uh, jumping knee, Andrade ducks a charging kick and hits a big clothesline. He goes up top again and gets caught again. How many fucking times can you do that spot in one match? Uh, he drops Sidal into the Tree of Woe from on top, but Sidell avoids the double foot stomp and leaps with an avalanche teabag for a two-count. Sidal charges and gets hip tossed into the buckles, and Andrade wants the face fucker. Sadly, Sideal's leaning into the corner instead of against it, so only the back gets fucked. Andrade's finisher is called the El Idolo. It is a hammerlock mic check, and that's the end of that.
1: Okay, first of all, <sighs> he did this with the DDT too, where he he puts the hammerlock on, he wraps the ankle. It, it's just too much setup
3: my okay. Time to job.
1: Yeah, about yeah. And and yeah, I don't I don't like that it's called El Idolo. That's lazy. Hey, that's that's yeah it's a bit weird. <sighs> Other than that it was fine. Uh too much offense. Andrade
3: no. on Andrade El Idolo hits El Idolo. Yeah, that's it's, stupid. Yeah. Uh Vicky and what's his name? Cheer. Andrade locks in an arm bar using his belt. Bryce hits the deck, and we go to a piece on Christian and Matt Hardy.
1: Um, uh, it wasn't the worst debut I've ever seen. It was okay. Um, Andrade <laughs> looked good, but as yep. far as the match, it was absolutely nothing memorable, and it went on too long.
3: Uh, Christian says Matt is jealous of him. Matt says Christian is riding his
1: coattails
3: and following him around. Christian says never trust a rich man in an ill-fitting suit and a bad haircut. You think that's a reference to some to someone? Yeah. Uh, they'll fight next week. In the ring is Tony Schiavone and Arn Anderson. Tony doesn't ask a question; he just licks Arn's balls. <laughs> Arn takes the mic in <laughs> Tell me I'm wrong. <laughs> oh, there wouldn't be Miami if we weren't here with the
2: enforcer, and I've been doing this for. None of us would be Mr. here great... if it wasn't for this man. Uh,
1: funny uh, funny enough, the... in my notes I wrote, "Why are they interviewing Arn?"
3: because uh arn takes the mic and licks the crowd balls the crowd's balls he says let's get right to it and the lights go out again uh jr again blames the weather but this time it takes forever and who is in the ring when the lights come back on but quote tommy End, but not tommy End, as excalibur calls him uh he has a giant bruise on the left side of his face fuck
1: was that i think he had Dude. that in wwe right before he left i think that was like the gimmick so i think it, i think it's makeup because he's on twitch and stream and it's he's fine so um, here's the thing um just just on this note real quick they act like they don't know who it is and then within a few seconds excalibur very awkwardly is like that man's name is tommy end who i fought in germany 15 years ago but that's not Tommy End. And then, yeah. and then, just, just, just in the commentary, within 30 seconds, Excalibur goes, that man's name is Malachi Black. And I'm like, you probably sh- either shouldn't have said it this week or I, said it when he came out. No,
3: I understand what they were doing. Because, you know, people – there are folks who know Tommy End as the name Tommy End. Maybe don't – you can't – obviously, you can't say, that's Aleister Black, but that doesn't look like Aleister Black. Right. So you go with Tommy End as a way to say, that's who this person is. Right. But you can't transition from that immediately to – and now he has a new name and it's Malachi Black. No, you can't. Without sounding that fucking stupid. Right. (laughs) Because – his this man's name? I've known this guy for I've known this guy for a long time. This is Tommy N, but this doesn't look like Tommy N to me. And then I I don't know, I swear it was it was Tom, it was Tony or Jr. who went away. Right? I don't know. Who, we don't know what his name is. And then Excalibur goes. his is ex- Malachi Black. Like you look like
1: fucking moron. Yes, that's what I'm saying. It was a very very bad way of doing that.
4: <laughs>
3: yeah. Uh, anyway, he mass effects Arn. Cody appears, he Mass Effect's Cody. Uh, Malachi Black has arrived. Uh, and this is what I wrote. Exc- Excalibur is the one who calls him Malachi Black. Then why did you call him Tommy End, but not Tommy End? Two minutes to go. Exactly.
1: Um, which is the thing. Maybe you have somebody else say it, like Jr. says it or something. But they were afraid he was going to fuck it up. Yeah. But um, you is that what it's also, called? Is it called the Mass not- Effect? No, I was just making a black. Message. Oh, okay. Because I put black, that prayer a, circle.
3: <laughs> also, that is not at all all how you spell Malachi.
1: Tommy, I, I'm sorry.
3: I mean M A L A K A I. No,
1: that's up for debate. I'm sure you could spell it a bunch of different ways. Anyway, uh,
3: back from break for a replay of what happened before break.
1: Do you know what my note for the Malachi Black segment was?
3: That's fine, don't say goldfish. What?
1: Oh. Uh, <laughs> oh, Malachi, Malachi Black. Okay, uh, you're late. You should have showed up in the Strat Match. Why? W- okay, I'm so fucking confused. Was he supposed to show up in the Strat Match? No. No. Okay, so they... the lights going off was a shoot accident. You know, no. weather-related. No. No. Okay. No, because that because that was Cody. This
3: is Cody. That was the plan. They they the, I read the, I think it was Malachi himself posted something about how that was the idea because they wanted to they wanted to be able to play like in an interview or something. They they wanted to be able to play it off as oh it's just the weather, but then it turns out that it's not the weather. It's Malachi Black. And yeah, so but that's and, stupid. <laughs> this is problem with that. I, I, I don't have an issue with that because it makes it makes sense the problem the problem with that is the way that they did it with it being uh oh it's you know it happens for Cody in the first match is that you now have to shoehorn in this arn Anderson promo for no goddamn reason that's what I so mean. that you can then do the lights out here and have Malachi come out and kick him in the face that's that uh, speaking of which yeah with these with these quick cuts you'd think they didn't trust Malachi to hit those kicks because the, the, the camera changes were very awkward and timed like exactly when the foot would have struck the face. And it just, it was very, it seemed very blatant to me. On both when of them they switched or with, or with
1: just Arn? Yes, Arne.
3: no, on both of them. Because on I can understand,
1: them. though, with Arn, like you don't want to take the chance of actually kicking him in the head.
3: No, they did it to Cody, too. All right. And it, se- it just felt very blatant. Uh, like that episode of, uh, of Dark when they had to edit around Bunny fucking so much <laughs> shit up. Uh, earlier tonight, before we went live, Ricky Starks stormed the ring with his own personal security crew. Why wouldn't you do this on Dynamite? I don't know. Uh, he says he hired he hired these guys because his neck is injured and he can't trust Brian Cage. Taz comes out. They have an argument. Starks then says he's going to fuck Cage's wife. This brings Cage out, of course, who beats <laughs> up the security detail, and we go back to the ring.
1: Interesting. Um, That's the thing. An interesting turn of events in that feud. Yeah. Um, <laughs> His, uh, also interesting. I want to take
3: the FTW title,
0: and this time the W is going to stand for wife.
1: That took a turn. Going to fuck the wife. Um, the wife of Brian Cage, by the way, is Melissa Santos, who I believe was in MLW. Like the last place she was at, I'm not sure, but um, but yeah, I'd be interested that. to see if they bring in Melissa Santos for this feud. So, so Ricky start the fucker. So he can try live to live sex celebration. So he can try to and, and and Brian Cage can beat the shit out of him. Although I don't think he is. I think I think can
3: you imagine if they were, can you imagine if they were that blatant and tried to do like a live sex celebration with Ricky Starks. No, no. no but what it. I
1: can imagine them doing is that Ricky wins that title next week, and there's not a match. It's just Team Taz beats the fuck out of him, and Ricky's still actually hurt. Because that was kind of quick to get over, you know, neck rehab. I a understand broken have,
2: neck.
1: Yeah, I understand you have surgery, but rehab usually takes a little bit longer than that. If you're going to take bumps, hmm. um. So yeah, what do you think about that? Do you think Ricky Starks is going to win the title with actually not even physically getting involved? <laughs> well, the fake title, would the FMW title. Mm-hmm.
3: Uh, it would make sense uh, if you, if, uh, as long as it's fucking Howard power uh, Hauer, Hauer Pouse, Jesus, not even 1130 yet, as long as it's powerhouse Hobbs who ta- who puts Cage down and not like fucking Hook,
4: you know?
1: No, it would have to be Hobbs, of course. I mean, technically it would have to be both but, of them, but yeah, you want Hobbs to do the heavy lifting. Maybe just give fucking Hook a baseball bat or something and have him stand in the corner. Yeah.
3: <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah, if, if they bring if they bring weapons into it, that that'll make sense too.
1: That's why I'm thinking like Taz somehow makes it a street fight or something, and that's when you know it's it's. Uh, um... But
3: not even that; they can do it before the bell before the bell rings.
1: Well, that's what yeah, that's what they
3: did to Hangman actually. All Beat right. the shit out of him, drag him to the ring, throw him in the ring. The ref rings the bell. Ricky Starks just puts a foot on Brian Cage's oh, chest. Some good bell, heat. The bell rings again, and then they continue beating the shit out of Brian Cage.
1: I like it. That's some good heat, <laughs> in my opinion. All right, match number four, The Bunny and The Blade versus Orange is the new alien. Statlander comes out with Aviators, and I approve. We begin with the Orange and The Blade, but before we officially begin, Aubrey checks The Blade for weapons, and because his name is The Blade, he has weapons on him. <laughs> and it happens to be a pair of brass knocks. Shame.
3: Aubrey gets fucking sassy when she finds those Nux.
1: She takes the Nux while Allie gets in (laughs) Cassidy's face and puts an L on her forehead because it's the 90s. (laughs) Bunny acts like she's about to punch Cassidy so he puts his hands in his pockets and starts to hit her with the lazy kicks. She gets fed up and storms away. (laughs) Mm. In comes the Blade. Cassidy continues to set up for the lazy super kick. Um, but he tricks Blade into attacking and uh, with a clothesline so Cassidy can easily duck and hit a dropkick. Cassidy goes for the beach break, but Blade escapes. When Cassidy attempts a tilt toward DDT, Blade drops Cassidy with a power slam.
3: Orange is the new black hole?
1: There it is. Uh, by the way, I would like to point out that at the beginning of this match, Jr. specifically said this is a mixed tag match, which means only the men can touch the men and only the women can touch the women. Right, Excalibur? Excalibur said, that's right. Just going to point that out. Blade tries a suplex, but Cassidy reverses into a stunned dog millionaire. The women are tagged in in exchange blows, but Bunny takes down Statlander with a running knee lift. Bunny then tries this move again and gets power slammed. Statlander chops Bunny in the corner and falls up with a nice delayed vertical suplex. That was nice. That was fucking British Bulldog levels of nice. Mm-hmm. Except... Mm-hmm. Fucking Excalibur.
3: All of the blood is rushing to their head. It's not how fucking blood works.
1: No, it's not, but you... That's a... Old, old. If stroke. that's
3: how if that's how fucking blood work, you'd walk around all day with blood pooling in your feet. It's you, not how fucking blood works. But you know that that's been said since like the '50s, right? God, I've been streaming for three and a half hours. I've been sitting in this chair. All my blood is in
1: my ass right now. You always get so mad know, at that, but you act like they're the first ones to say it.
3: No, but they need to,
1: People need to it's stop, no, stop. It's fucking never going to stop. That's
3: not how blood works.
1: Grill Monsoon said it. Gordon Soley said it. In the 1970s. Yes, and JR is on. I guarantee you Michael Cole will say it next week. (laughs) It's just just one of those wrestling things. It's the way it is. It's like an Irish whip. It doesn't actually make sense. (laughs) 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 Uh, Buffalo Wild Wings. Statlander chops Bunny in the corner and falls up with a nice delayed vertical. I said that part. Uh, Statlander goes for a flipping senton, but Bunny rolls out of the way. Statlander goes off the ropes, but Blade grabs her ankle. Statlander turns to try to get to the blade, but Bunny hits Statlander with a forearm to the back of the head, and this takes us to Alicia Box.
3: we <laughs> really stretching for those.
1: <laughs> it's true, I've run out of ideas. Back from Box and Statlander plans Bunny with a Michinoka driver. They get the two count. Statlander goes up to the second rope. It's at this point that the Blade sprints to the face corner and pulls Orange down to the floor. Bunny hits a second rope German Suplex on a distracted Statlander and tags in Blade. Uh, but Orange is still down on the outside. So Aubrey should probably be counting Orange out. But she's terrible at her job and leaves the ring to check on him.
3: Of course she's terrible at her job. She's an AEW referee. But she's
1: Aubrey, so she's extra terrible. Cassidy teases getting physical <laughs> with Blade. She's a referee who has a chance. Not sorry, not Cassidy. Statlander teases getting physical with Blade, but instead ducks a clothesline and escapes the ring just in time for Orange to leap off the top rope onto Blade with a flying crossbody. Cassidy falls up with, with the tiltward World DDT, and this gets a two count. Cassidy goes up top and signals for 450, but Bunny jumps up to the apron and pushes him down, and then Statlander knocks the Bunny down off the apron, and Statlander hits Blade with her version of the 450 called Area 451. Mm-hmm. Great name, but I thought this wasn't an should have been a disqualification.
3: Thank you. <laughs> Instead, it's also def- uh, you missed you missed that was a two count because Bunny pulled Orange out of the ring. And mm-hmm. Orange, when he was making the cover, making sure to stick his foot way the fuck out there <laughs> so that Bunny could grab it and pull him out of the ring. That's rank. true,
1: that's true. Um, after she hits the move, Cassidy covers Blade, but Bunny pulls Cassidy to the outside. Well, that's what, that, I think, is what you're talking about right there. Uh, right. Somehow the Blade has brass knucks again. We are told Bunny yeah, slipped see, I, have that, I
3: have that note before the Area 451
1: note. Okay. Oh, uh, pin
3: following the, okay.
1: yeah, yeah, sorry. So somehow the Blade has brass knucks again, and we are told Bunny slipped it to him? Mm -hmm. Um, He knocks Cassidy out fucking cold, and then Bunny hides the evidence. This was genius, though. He covers Cassidy, but Aubrey won't count because the women are supposed to be legal? Sure.
3: Yeah, Aubrey... No, no, Statlander tagged Orange. Uh. Ah. As Blade was hiding the knucks, so that she would be legal, so Bunny would have to come in, and... And Blade wouldn't be able to pin an unconscious orange and win the match. Ah, if only
1: commentary put that Very over smart. harder. <laughs> Very smart. Very smart. Bad on commentary, because they barely mentioned it. Well, you know. Uh, Starlander shoves Bunny into Blade, knocking him out of the ring, and then Stalander delivers the Big Bang Theory for the win. Indubitably. Yay, Alien wins. <laughs> the match was kind of a cluster. Yeah. Yeah. Great to see Statlander yeah. out there doing her thing, though. Hmm.
3: Um. First ever mixed tag on Dynamite. <sighs>
1: no, they no, they actually said it was the second mixed tag on Dynamite. You know, because Cody teamed up with Red Velvet against Shaq and Jade. Oh
4: yeah,
1: All
3: but right. this was—they said this was a historic match last week. After so not the, only was it not the first mixed tag in the company, it wasn't even the first one on Dynamite. No, the
1: and they brought the that company. up. Oh, fuck's sake. Or at least Shivani did when the match started. I hate these people. <sighs> but I mean, that really didn't count because uh, that was in between Historic. four contracted AEW wrestlers that, that had a basketball player in it. <laughs> uh, after the match, Statlander and Aubrey helped Orange to his feet and then to the back. See that's how you sell a brass knuck shot. We go to highlights of Jungle Boy beating Jack Evans, and we see that earlier today Jungle Boy was presented with a trophy for becoming. Oh, he want f- a Cable Ace Award. <laughs> <laughs> He's presented with a trophy for being the first competitor in AEW to reach fifty wins. Okay,
3: wonder how much that cost at Staples.
1: So, I- I'm gonna I'm gonna say this. Uh first of all, sorry about your world title loss. Here have a shitty trophy. <laughs> right. It's acrylic. And then does <laughs> That's really what this is. Sorry about your world title loss. Here have a trophy. <laughs> but then also did did Jungle Boy give an acceptance speech? <laughs> no. Jungle Boy didn't even dress up for the event. He, like, showed up in his gear, and they were taking photos they, of it's him. It's like they fucking surprised him with it, like, hey,
3: guess what, buddy?
1: <laughs> On the back of it, it says, thanks for putting Kenny over.
3: <laughs> On the back of it, it says Dollar Tree, $3. Not uh,
1: too. Uh, Tony Schiavone then attempts to interview American Top Team, but Dan Lambert steals the mic and introduces uh, BMF himself, Jorge. i
3: glad you knew this fuck's name.
1: And, and and Amanda Nunez. Her I knew. Her I knew.
3: Because I wrote, I wrote who, who is this fuck that, think, that he can take the mic from Tony Schiavone?
1: Oh, no, I had to, I had to I, write it down. I didn't know who Dan Lambert Then was. I wrote, what the fuck is this? I know who Amanda Nunez is, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, Lambert, they get to the ring and says A.W. sucks, but in saying that A.W. sucks, he also says like they're doing all these great things and they have veterans and young guys and <sighs> I, this is like filler or time waster, I guess. Like, can we get the Sammy Guevara promo with the cue cards? Oh, fuck. This this, is, that would, fuck. That would be way better. This. This uh, is
3: so fucking weird.
1: Dan Lambert then goes on a tirade that, uh, by the way, American. Okay, here's the thing. American top no. team, I'm assuming, is on TNT or some type of affiliate. Know. They have to be, right? Like, it's the only thing I can think of. Because this feels very Crisly. Uh, <laughs> um so he goes on this tirade about real wrestling happening in the 70s and names a bunch of old people. Um and Tony Khan told him the fans would be awesome, and they would chant AEW, and the fans are fucking puppets, and they start chanting AEW. Like the minute he said that, I'm like, hey, You guys are fucking stupid. <laughs> Uh, Len Lance Archer shows up and delivers a blackout to Dan Lambert. By the way, crowd, barely any reaction at all. Mm-hmm. Barely any reaction to Archer and barely any reaction to the blackout.
3: Here are my notes from this. Again, who the who is this fuck that he can take the mic from Tony Schiavone? My next note, what the fuck is this? My next note, this is fucking terrible, right? Uh, and now we're beating up guys who run MMA teams? Apparently. Nice of his team to come to his rescue.
1: Oh, yeah, they give a shit less.
3: They're in the crowd fucking laughing at him. Like, <laughs>
1: Speaking of which, um, because it was Lance Archer that showed up, I have an idea, right? Like... Okay. And it's kind of a silly idea. Like, I don't expect them to actually do this, but it would be funny if next week they're like, Malachi Black, why'd you attack Cody? And why'd you take out poor Arn Anderson? And, and Malachi Black goes because they embarrassed my older brother who's your older brother you know him and then like they don't say who it is until the pay-per-view and then it's lance archer they look like the they look alike except for ones like six inches shorter no they don't they do they don't at all they look like a tag team telling you I'm not saying I want them to do that with with Tommy Ann because I'd much rather prefer calling him that than fucking
3: Malachi. In what fucking universe do do Malachi Black and Lance Archer look the same?
1: They both look like they have mad tats, they got beards Can you put another cough drop in your mouth before you argue (laughs) stupid shit with me? They're they're both tatted up, right?
3: Oh, okay. They both have the same facial hair, right?
1: Because that's genetic. They both have the same facial hair, right? They both have the same uh, fucking crazy long-ass hair.
3: Of all the dumb shit you said on this show.
1: Whatever. I think it would be funny.
3: <sighs>
1: all right, then you tell me why Malachi Black kicked Cody and Arn in the face this week.
3: But honestly, what the fuck was this?
1: What oh, was this? I don't know. What was this segment? Like, what the fuck was this? I'll, get, I'll, I'll do you one better. You tell me what they're doing with fucking Lance Archer. Right.
3: Uh, we're gonna make you yell at Sting for three weeks, and then Sting's gonna say you're cool, and then we're gonna just gonna completely drop that. Um, uh, you can um,
1: um, we can have you beat up this guy who's like on, on our network.
3: Yeah, you can you can beat up this guy who runs an MMA gym. That could be fun. Hmm. If he takes your move wrong, he could break his fucking neck. That'd be that'd be fun on live TV
4: the fuck.
1: We run down Fighter Uh, Fest night one. Darby versus Ethan Page in a coffin match. Matt Hardy versus Christian Cage. Brian Cage. What the fuck with this goddamn card? I didn't even (laughs) realize this. Brian Cage defends the FTW title against Ricky Starks. uh, For random facts, and because they have to have a women's match on the show, Penelope Ford will take on Yuka Sakazaki. The returning Yuka Sakazaki. And we will hear from Hangman and finally... John Moxley returns, I guess, because he's being forced to because it's a title defense. Yeah, uh, thank you. Versus the IW... Uh, Defends the IWGP United States Championship against the Machine Gun, Carl Anderson.
3: Astra says they just Googled the two and they're siding with me. Enter the challengers for the tag title street fight and we go to break. Uh, champions enter when we return. Main event title match and we don't even get Hollywood entrances. They must be running long. Uh, Excalibur says the Bucks are ready for this "come as you are" street fight because they're wearing cut
1: off jean shorts. Tony says,
3: "Oh, is that how they showed up today?"
1: Wait a minute, y'all. Hmm. The Bucks show up in cut off jean shorts. They shave their mustaches, and Nick <laughs> ironed his hair. Yeah. And I'm watching this, and I'm going. So they're paying homage to uh, Raven and and Stevie Richards. That was a good joke that you made. <laughs>
3: But here's here's my here's my complaint here's my note here. Uh, oh, is that how they showed up today? <laughs> no, Penta's wearing his fucking Joker gear still. Shut it. Yeah, I know. right? Is right that now. how Penta showed up today? <laughs> Kingston at least looks like he's in street clothes. Kingston, that's his... Kingston always looks like. He's yeah, in I was gonna say that's his ring gear. <laughs> Uh, the bell rings and to quote Rich Paladino, the chaos begins. <laughs> <laughs> the challengers charge, we fight to the floor, Michael Nakazawa holds up Eddie and Penta for a pair of super kicks, but shockingly they move and Nakazawa gets kicked. Which if you think about it doesn't make any sense. I try not to think th- about it. <laughs> if they'd been if they'd been aiming for Penta and Eddie and Penta and Eddie had moved, their feet would have gone to the side of Nakazawa's head and not anything was. <laughs> Cutler's in the ring. He gets cornered by Penta and Kingston and tries to defend himself with cold spray. That's a sentence I just said out loud. Callus is on commentary. Sadly, the Bucks bring in a chair off the ropes and they both get dropped toe hold holded hold held did, onto the chair and then drop kicked in the face. See Raven and Stevie. <laughs> Avalanche taint kick with a chair to Nick Jackson.
1: <laughs> oh, to oh which... am I, uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> are you gonna say it? Because
3: I was gonna say it, no, but if ahead. you want to say it, no, go ahead. <laughs> which ex- to which Excalibur calls involuntary vasectomy?
1: <laughs> no, that no, that wasn't my issue though. Oh, okay. I actually thought that line was kind of funny. <laughs> my issue. Was th- they set up for the what's up headbutt? Right? Only we know. Pen- please, we know the gimmick.
3: Please, please. the what's up nut nutbutt.
1: Yes, I was gonna say, but we know the gimmick, and Penta will drop kick him in the nutsack. So they put this chair in front of Nick Jackson's crotch. The chair is not going to lean that way on Nick Jackson, so he has to hold it there while Penta sets up for this move. And it takes a good five minutes of Nick Jackson holding the fucking chair in place before he jumps off the ropes. I'm like, are you shitting me right now? (laughs) That's the best idea you came up with. This is awkward and clunky. It does not look good. But go ahead, please. Mm
3: -hmm. What the fuck is it? Anyway. Voluntary
1: vasectomy, I believe, is where you left off. Yeah. Eddie destroys
3: the table in the ring as Penta sets one up on the floor. Nick blocks the head smash and smacks Penta off the table. Eddie wants to superplex Matt onto the upside down destroyed table, but Nick stops it and power bombs Eddie onto it right between those dangerous spikes that the legs have become has been have been turned into by being torn off, according to Excalibur. Shivani. Or whatever. uh matt that then gets destroyed off the apron through the table on the floor
1: and the table uh, explodes
3: explodes penta has a trash can nick kicks it into his face and we go to box when we come back from box nick swanton's the trash can that's laying on eddie's chest this gets a two count penta with a thrust kick and a sling blade to nick then a sling blade for matt then he tries a code breaker senton combo on both but misses both somehow it was weird penta gets northern lights eddie gets enzigiried in the corner then an enzigiri cannonball combo more bang for your buck is blocked matt gets half and half then ddt then eddie locks on a rear naked choke nick finally decides to do something and that something is 450 splashing rick and Knox, so he can't see matt tap out lots of violence mm. against old people to on dynamite just saying <laughs>
1: Uh, that was kind of funny.
3: <laughs> the third person on the show over fifty who's gotten the shit kicked out. of am just
1: <laughs> no. I mean, it's not funny that an, an older person got the shit kicked out of them. Although I guarantee you, they volunteer for it. But it is funny that like they're like, what are the bucks gonna do? What are they gonna do? I'm like, I know what he's gonna do. He's gonna attack the ref, and he attacked him with a 450. 450.
3: <laughs> stealing stealing notes from Kenny Omega at the pay per view, and then just kicking it up a notch.
1: Right. That's exactly right. Anything you can do, I can do better.
3: <laughs> this brings out the brothers who have a bag. Penta tell, has to tell Knox to move so he can hit a tope. Ugh. We do we do last week's cold spray spot, but even fucking worse than Frankie Kazarian power bombs cutler through a table on the floor.
1: Thank God, at least he's out of this match. I'm off my TV for the next few minutes.
3: Fear factor, backfist, cover, but there's no ref. Finally Paul Turner runs out and Nick Jackson takes him out of the ring to prevent the three count. Uh, Kazarian clotheslines Nick's head off. He throws Nick into the ring, then gets taken out by the brothers with a magic killer on the floor. Then the thumbtacks. Eddie wants to pile drive Nick onto the tacks. <laughs> Matt takes a handful of tacks and throws them in Eddie's face. Jesus. Matt wants to pile drive Eddie onto the tacks, but Penta hits him in the face with a trash can. Penta and Nick fight in the corner, up to the top. Nick Hurricane runs Penta off the top and kind of onto the tacks, kind of, but Eddie breaks up the pin. Eddie gets double super kicked. Nick throws a handful of tacks at Penta. Nick shoves tacks into Eddie Kingston's mouth. And Matt Super kicks him, and that's your finish. Why, on God's green earth, would you put thumbtacks in your mouth? <sighs> Speaking of going long, we go off the air without much fanfare shortly after that.
1: Um... I mean, I'm sure if, like, the, it, you know. Didn't
3: Darby well, do that at one,
1: at, yes, that he that cracker barrel yes, bullshit? Yes, he I, fucking did.
3: I hated it then and I hate it now. That is a stupid fucking thing to do. And to, No, just no. Now, don't. that
1: being said, because now that I've been to a few of the shows recently that you've worked, have you ever seen a match in any promotion that you were announcing at get that crazy? Like, legitimately dangerously crazy? I heard something about a door in APW in some type of gimmick match. There's been a few. There's been a couple, with it, but it's like a fucking... But, no, but nobody's doing thumbtacks thumb and light tubes, right? No, God, no. Okay. Not even thumbtacks?
3: No thumbtacks. I've seen Legos, but no thumbtacks.
1: Legos is, is painful, but it's not as bad as thumbtacks. And plus, nobody's putting them in their mouth.
3: And if you if you put thumb, if you put Legos in your mouth, there's no chance of you. Well, I'm not gonna say there's no chance of you swallowing a Lego, but it's not well, gonna, I was gonna say what, anything inadvertently.
1: <laughs> that was one thing I was gonna say was what's the worst thing that can happen? Kingston oh, falls oh, a few oh. thumbtacks.
3: Yeah, that's fucking terrible.
1: <laughs> yeah, oh I know, and he'd be rushed to the hospital. Good, <laughs> so fucking stupid. But you know what? Though I I feel like that's definitely not the first time I've seen. Not just an AEW. I've seen that before. Um, it's still fucked up, but I, I definitely have seen it before. But go ahead. Go ahead there's nothing else.
3: Oh yeah, that's right. Uh,
1: so, what'd you think of Dynamite this week? Uh, it
3: had it had it had some good stuff. It had some not good stuff. Had some weird stuff. Um, yeah, like I said, the strap match was fucking awful. The six-man tag was okay. Uh, Andrade versus Sydal was, I'd say, decent. Uh, the mix tag was was all right. The street fight was pretty good, except for the, the finish. Mm. Um, expected chaos. But...
1: I would say,
3: Jesus, what? I'm on Cage Match mm-hmm. as per usual. The the AP, AEW World Tag Team Title Street Fight.
1: Got four and a quarter stars from a certain dipshit online. Really? I thought, you know, I thought this was the one show where I didn't have to hear that fucking guy referenced. Since when? <laughs> because they so frequently mention him on the other show. Four and a quarter stars. Are you fucking kidding me? Dude, does it really surprise you? All right, here's my opinion on it, which is mm-hmm. fucking much more important to me than that fuck's opinion. I thought you were going to say then your opinion. <laughs> no, I'm not mean like you. Um It was it was a pretty good night. Not wrong. Um and I wasn't bored. There was always you know, what's right. the next thing? What are they doing here what? And and although there was a f- uh, there was a couple times where I was like, huh? Yeah, but you know we moved on pretty quickly, so I didn't have too much time to dwell on it. <laughs> uh, like Malachi Black, like the fucking thumbtacks in his mouth, or the or even um, Andrade and and Matt Sydal really fucking annoy me because I'm like, stop, this is already going on too long. Yeah. This is his first fucking match.
3: I want to know who Andrade's
1: gear wrangler is. <laughs> And why Andrade seems to hate him so much? <laughs> um, oh, they briefly yeah, mentioned, I mean, by the way, that Andrade was also accompanied by his personal assistant, who was the man who took his jacket and stuff. The gear, the gear wrangler. Okay. Yeah, he seemed to have some height on him. Do you think this guy becomes like a thing? Because he's not going to get fucking physical. Yeah, probably. Andrade and his personal assistant. Oh, my God, it could be like his personal ring announcer.
4: <laughs>
3: I keep seeing news stories about that dipshit being like, he's open to one more run in WWE. He'd love to have one more title reign in WWE. Like, fuck no. No goddamn chance. Dude, Anyways. I don't
1: want to see him on any cable wrestling show. No. Let me make that very clear. Mm-hmm.
3: Absolutely. So, I think the matches were okay. The matches were decent, except for the first one. But
1: the, the in-between... Yeah, the first one was also really confusing, because like you said, we expected to hear that crack of the leather. We expected yeah. to fucking yeah.
2: Yeah, it's, uh,
1: it's, see like somebody get choked over the top rope by the fucking strap. That's like, what I'm saying. Even for a strap match, this was disappointing. Yes.
3: But but it, again, it's the between the match stuff. There was some weird shit this week.
1: Oh, that being said, I I think they they knocked it out of the part with Ken, Kenny and Hangman. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah yeah yeah. That was probably my favorite part of the show because I thought it was sure. done right. Absolutely, that was fantastic. Um, to be fair, see,
3: see Astro, we're being positive.
1: Yes. To be fair. Christian's promo on Matt Hardy. I mean, yeah, these guys have been fighting for 30 years. Of course they know how to cut a promo on each other. So it was uh-huh. fine. I, I, it was alright. You know what I mean? Um,
3: You remember when my best friend stole your girlfriend?
1: <laughs> and also, like, when Christian did the dig on, like, never trust a, a rich man in, a, in an ugly suit and a stupid haircut. Yeah, I don't mind that because it's it's subtle and it's quick and you move on and of all people, like, somebody who, like, spent most of his career there just saying something like that as a funny little dig at Matt Hardy was fine to me, okay? When you have Britt Baker talk about shit that she has no idea what the fuck she's talking about, that not so much. MJF, of course, once again, very entertaining. Yeah, like I said, that was
3: the Britt Baker thing just was so shoehorned,
1: yeah. Speaking of shoehorns, like, like Christians
3: like Christian like I said I said to you when I when I covered it in the recap, I said, Do you think that's a do you think that's a, a reference? And you're like, nah, nah. Right. Because that because you because he's talking about Matt Hardy in that yep. instance. And it could be a reference to I mean it could be a reference to Vince, it could be a reference to Johnny Ace, it could be a reference to any number of people, but fucking <laughs> Doc Hendricks, for fuck's sake. Right. There's no there's no other thing that Brit Baker could have been talking about. Oh, well, of course not. <laughs>
1: so, right, and that's the, that's the difference. Yeah. and and when it's done subtle, and when it's done clever, I don't mind it. When it's like, pay attention to me. I'll talk about the other company until you do. That's <laughs> stupid.
3: <laughs> I'm going to talk about my opponent. I'm going to talk about my opponent. I'm going to talk about
4: fuck
1: WWE.
3: I'm going to talk about my opponent.
1: Yeah. I expect that from the Bucks. I expect better from Britt Baker.
3: <laughs> yeah, MJF was fantastic. Yes, Jericho was whatever.
1: Jericho Uno was great. good. Uno Jericho, was really Jericho. good. Uno was
3: great. Kenny was great. Hangman. I, f- Hangman I swear, to, I, I that love whole segment.
1: I love Kenny's Fine. look. I love Kenny's look. It just works. Man. I didn't. I didn't even hate Don Callis in that segment. That's how good that segment. I'll give was. him credit too because first of all, I didn't think anybody watched Impact that they were following the storylines. <laughs> all right, but yes, apparently Tommy Dreamer fired him like the week before on on camera sure and then <laughs> i appreciate uh don callin saying you know what real men get fired they don't quiz <laughs>
4: sure
1: Bye. but and, and you know what to their credit next week looks like a good card yeah actually let's uh
3: let's talk about it. I, f- I figured we we should uh introduce a, a newish segment here and actually actually talk about next week's episode and maybe do a little little preview preview of next week. So, like you said, you ran it down when they when they did in the show. I have it all in the notes here. Uh, so we've got uh, we've got our coffin match. So Darby Allen versus Ethan Page should be should be
1: interesting. Oh no, I uh, I, I think it's going to be good. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I I know a lot of people are turned off by Darby because he does reckless stuff. I was going to say Darby's going to do dumb shit, but that's shotsy too. <laughs> you know what I mean? If you want to fucking. Talk about people I see on TV doing reckless things, and I still enjoy a Shotzi Blackheart match. So mm. I think these two, because they know each other, I think they're going to beat the fuck out of each other. Yeah,
3: this should be this should be pretty good.
1: Yep. Um, Darby wins. Uh... You 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 kind of figure he has to, but right, man. I mean, Darby fits in a coffin better than Ethan Page, meaning like <laughs> character wise. Like, because you can picture Darby, like you know. Also, he's a lot smaller. Yes. <laughs> um, I don't know. It kind of like, what does it do for Ethan Page if, if if in this feud if ultimately he just loses to Darby? True. True. So it would be it would be cool if they did something unexpected with it, whether that's Sting turns on Darby or, I don't know. Give me something compelling.
3: I'm I'm sorry, son.
1: (laughs) Give me something compelling, though, but I don't think they will. I think Darby's going to win, and Cage is going to be kind of obscure at that point. Mm -hmm. Uh, Matt Hardy versus Christian Cage. Again, another match. I expecting to be good. They know each other well enough. There's no yeah. excuse why this shouldn't be at least a solid B plus. Yeah. Um, I think oh, Matt Hardy should. wins, and I That's think Matt really Hardy terrible. cheats Harris. to win. And yeah. I think yeah. this feud continues.
3: Yeah, makes sense. Uh, FTW title, Brian Cage versus, uh, Christian's brother, Brian Cage versus, uh, Ricky Starks. Yes. We've talked about that, uh, earlier. We expect, uh, I mean, we obviously expect Brian Cage to get the shit kicked out of him by Team Taz. Uh, which is how they kick Brian Cage out of Team Taz and keep the FTW title in Team Taz. Right. Um, I like, I like your idea that, you know, they just fuck him up before the match and then it's a quick, uh, it's a quick thing and then. Ricky Starks fucks Brian Cage's wife, apparently.
1: And then, the, and then the title's off Brian Cage. He can become a f- a full babyface, mm-hmm. and and Ricky can duck him until Ricky's actually medically clear. Mm-hmm. Assuming he's not, because if he if he's if he gets out there and he's got his gear on and they and they ring the bell and they go, sure. Then if if Ricky Starks is fine, then I I would look forward to this match. Um. Uh, then, but see, because, in my idea, they don't actually even have a match, we have a uh, impromptu match between Diamond Dallas Page and somebody else, because you have to have Page, and then Cage, and then Cage, and then Page. <laughs> right. Uh,
3: Penelope Ford versus the returning Yuka Sakazawa. Of all the matches next
1: week, that's the one I care the least about. <laughs> yeah, this is just the random... Oh, we
3: uh... We need a we women's, need a women's match, match on the show. We got to. We need. To, we need to put some right before the main event.
1: And I love Penelope Ford, but she's not going to win, and then that, that annoys me. And um, I don't really care much for Yuka. She is actually um, much more enjoyable in those uh, stardom promotions, like 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 the, the, the ones Troy was covering for a while. Mm. Um, her in AEW, it's just it's like Rio. I'm just not a fan.
3: I find her more believable than Riho. Yuka?
1: Yeah. But.
3: Yeah, somewhere I don't,
1: I don't, between. Uh, sh- somewhere between Ashida uh, and. and, and Riho lies it Yuka should Sakazaki. Still be, for it, me.
3: it should still be a good match. It doesn't fucking mean anything, but it should still be a good I don't
1: know match. if it will be, though, because I feel like. Since this is Yuka Sakazaki's return match, she's not going to give Penelope much, and they're, they're going to go home in like three minutes. Mm hmm. I don't, don't know. So. We'll see. We'll see. I don't. So. I hope no, you're it's right. Got, it's,
3: got, it's got to go longer than three minutes because they need to have a half box in it. <laughs> Four minutes.
1: Uh, <laughs> uh, I um, hope you're right. I hope you're right for real.
3: Yeah. We will hear from Hangman Page. So obviously he's going to talk about Kenny and talk about the title. You know, of now, about,
1: see about, that is uh, really decorder. intriguing to me because he has avoided this topic verbally for a long time. Right. Right. Um. They even tried to talk to him as soon as he lost that final in the tournament against Kenny, and he just completely ignored mm-hmm. it. Completely fucked off, yeah. So, if he talks I mean, as much
3: as much as much as I enjoy anyone just ignoring Alex Marvez, right?
1: Um, so what if Kenny? Not Kenny. What if Heyman comes out there and he and he really kind of like lays it on thick, like you know, Kenny? Like I thought. Like we were like really good friends. Like I thought we were the best tag team in AEW. Like you were the chosen one. Yeah. Like what if he does that? Like I would be there for that. I don't know if he if he does next week. I don't know if he just. (sighs) You know what will annoy me is if he shows up drunk. Hmm. That will annoy me because it's like no no no, we're not doing that. They haven't. Yeah, they haven't run with the alcoholic thing. No, he still
3: drinks, but he hasn't. And that's the thing. I
1: want this to be serious. Serious. Very sure.
3: I, I feel like this is the way, like we were talking about earlier, this is the way we get whatever the fight for the fallen match is that leads us to all out.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: So, you know, Kenny'll interrupt, the Dark Order will probably show up as well. And and we'll get we'll get whatever the match is that is gonna that's you know, Kenny mm-hmm. uh, Paige has to beat whoever to get to Kenny. You no know, it's gonna you know, it'll be a great him.
1: visual and I don't know what the setup looks like next week when they go on the road, but you have Kenny not even show up in the ring, he shows up in the big screen. And now we're, go- we're going completely fucking Final Boss thing with it.
3: <laughs> yeah, sure, sure, sure. And they've done that before. They did that uh, with the T's for, was it Orange or was it Darby? I don't I know. think anyway. it was Orange,
1: but anyway. They've done it. Yeah, no, do that. That's always fun. And lastly, Moxley versus Anderson
3: for the IWGP United States Championship.
1: So again, so, me being objective, Carl Anderson can go.
3: Yeah. The store the, the 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 story here, for anyone who hasn't seen the video, the story here is Carl Anderson talking about how, you know, he f- he founded the Bullet Club because he is machine gun Carl Anderson. He's the one who started all that shit. He he you know, he is New Japan and whatnot. Apparently the Bucks are going back to New Japan, so it makes sense if the title change happens here, this is when it would this is when it would happen. Um and also, yeah, beat up John Moxley. But
1: um, this is going to be interesting to me because Mox got taken out for the past few weeks in storyline because of the Bucks. Mm-hmm. And you know, obviously, the Bucks and Kenny want that U.S. title back with the Elite. So do we continue with a Buck storyline with Mox? Have we run that course already? You know, maybe, just, maybe it's just Gallows who call. I, I think it's time for Mox to lose the IWGP U.S. title.
3: This, I was actually just had this thought. This could just be Mox is a dad. Mox ain't going to Japan. Take the title off of Mox.
1: Which I'm fine with. He's Yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. I mean, I I understand there was the pandemic, but he's defended it like twice in yeah. last fucking year. So Right. Right. Um What's weird is I tried to do some research on Carl Anderson and it says that he's him and Gallows are still with Impact. But I don't know if they're working like on a per date basis. But I haven't heard anything about uh, the elite going back to Japan, but or at least, like, even for, like, a one-off. But I know Wrestle Kingdom's what? Like,
3: you know. Don't ask me. I don't
1: fucking know. Uh, Wrestle is not until January. But still, you know, uh, it doesn't surprise me if if and, and New Japan lent out a couple people that they're like, hey, we want our investment on return. We right. get the bucks for a match. We get, you know, Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows or whatever. We'll see. But, um... What would be kind of disappointing is if we go through this whole thing, they do the match, it's the main event, Mox wins with the fucking Death Rider because it's a New Japan match. (laughs) (laughs) And that's it. And then that's the whole brunt of it. I'm like, well, that was stupid. You know what I mean? Yeah. All right. That's
3: next week. We'll have all that for you next week. Let's go to the news. Uh, PW Insider has some additional notes coming from... uh, This week's Road Rager edition of Dynamite Miami, according to the report, both Sting and Darby Allen appeared for an upcoming edition of AEW Dark Elevation. Uh, With AEW returning to live touring, the company is reportedly planning to increase emphasis on shows such as Elevation. Uh, This means that AEW reportedly plans on using bigger names, bigger matches, bigger angles on Elevation in order to keep the show unique and special for the fans. Uh, AEW reportedly wants to keep Elevation as a destination for the company that will set the stage for AEW programming for the week. Sal, are we going to have to start watching Dark again?
1: Well, if it's Dark Elevation, then I don't have a problem with that. Because okay, here's,
3: that's the fucking title of the piece. <laughs>
1: <clears throat> here's the thing. You make Dark Elevation an hour on YouTube, you give me compelling matches and you make it have storylines, then fine, I'm going to watch it. Yeah. You And then you push all the bullshit to Dark on Tuesday? Great. If you try if you keep the format the way it is, I'm not watching it cuz it's a bunch of garbage. I'll we'll have to see and just we'll having you know Mox fight fucking D3 isn't good enough. That's not yeah. a compelling show to me. Right. Oh, right. but Kenny fought fucking Joey Janela that one time. Also not what I'm talking about. Yeah, and that was
3: that was pre-pandemic. That's when Dark actually kind of sort of meant something. Kind of. Um I mean, we got, we got word in the host thread. So if it was Troy, Troy or Jason who posted in the host thread that, that, um, Danny Limelight had returned to MLW or had signed with MLW because AEW said, Hey, we don't need you as an extra anymore because we're going back on the road. So if they are getting away for, if, if, if pan, if dark pandemic was just dark pandemic or it's just, hey, these are extras we brought in to give them some work while nothing else is going on. But they're all going to lose to AEW stars and it's really obvious who's going to win as soon as the bell rings. Uh, And we can go back to 45 minutes on YouTube on Tuesday. 45 minutes on YouTube on Monday. These are the matches that happen before before and after we tape Dynamite. And they're good matches with actual AEW talent. Then that's... That's fine. That's the dark that we liked.
1: You know what? I, I will give you credit for that because I forgot that pre-pandemic dark wasn't that bad.
3: Yeah, when it was like four matches and 45 minutes long right.
1: and not 13 matches. And, two and a half hours. Um, you brought up a good point because the only reason they were doing this local, you know, the talent that would come into the Daily's plays every week or every month um, was because they weren't on the road. And if we can... Yeah, if we're moving away from that and we're going back to the way... You know, what these... What the name of the show comes from. These are supposed to be the dark matches that you don't see on TV. So if we do that, then I'm fine with it. So maybe... That might be this Monday's coming episode of Dark Elevation. Because, hey, they went on the road. that, That Miami was a road show.
3: Yeah. So we'll keep an eye on it. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Um... But yeah, I mean, and and I will still I'm I'm not complaining about. We said it back when this whole start this whole thing started 18 months ago. We're not we're not complaining about them doing these obvious jobber matches on on dark and dark elevation. It it is it is impressive. It is worth noting that they use these local guys at a time when these local guys had nothing else to do, and it's 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 fantastic of them as a company to to take these guys in and give them these spots when there were no local shows to do but Dark became interminable uh, I, to the point where we stopped watching it because it was two and a half hours of John Moxley versus that douchebag in blue and red trunks whose name you don't need to know because he's never going to win a match okay but not
1: only that <laughs> um I'm sorry, but at this point in our wrestling fandom, since we have been fans for so fucking long. Yeah. Um, dude, I can't sit down and watch fifteen fucking straight matches. I can't. My brain just doesn't allow me to do it anymore. Mm-hmm. Alright. I'm I'm talking about for fucking WrestleMania, I can't fucking... and you're gonna expect me to do it for dark. Like mm-hmm. it's just it's too much. It was mm-hmm. literally like three hours when we quit. And we were yeah. like, we can't. Like I, I don't wanna watch eighteen fucking enhancement matches yeah. where that, Taz and Excalibur that, don't pay attention to the match.
3: That don't fucking matter. Yeah. Right. Alright. So yes, hopefully hopefully Dark moves away from just being used to pad the stats for the rankings that don't fucking matter. Right. But uh the other thing I have in the news this week. Uh, We mentioned it earlier. Jim Cornette may not be the biggest fan of AEW Dynamite, but neither did he appreciate the fan who tried to rush the ring this week. Uh, As as, uh, Sal mentioned, the fan in question rushed the ring at the end of Chris Jericho's entrance on Dynamite. Security quickly dragged him off. Jericho got a swing in on the guy. The fan posted a tweet uh, in which he tagged uh, Jim Cornette and his co-host Brian Last, uh, who are, of course, known for being critical of AEW, saying, quote, How did you like my AEW debut? I did this for all of us real wrestling fans. Wrestling is no longer a safe space for friends to dance around and play dress-up. Reality can hit at any time. Did they think it's going to be fucking playtime forever? Unquote. So this dude's fucking crazy. Um, Cornette did not take the post lightly or the tag, writing, Got news for you, dipshit. Which makes me laugh all, automatically because dipshit is a great fucking pejorative. Got news for you, dipshit. The ring is sacred ground for us. And even if you and a lot of others think you can kick the shit out of the Young Bucks, I would have turned you into a tennis racket popsicle, and you're lucky someone there didn't gut you like a fish. And you're blocked. So...
1: It's true. I rarely, rarely agree with Jim Cornette, but... Right. And again, it's very obviously this man has mental problems, but the fan, not just Jim Cornette. um, But for this instance, the fan... Dude, wrestlers, especially from the old school, yeah, they're not going to appreciate they any fan coming anywhere near pop. the fucking ring. Like, no, that's not how you get Jim Cornette's attention or or try to get on his good side or try to show that you're a fan. No, are you kidding me? Back in when Jim Cornette was coming up, dude, they'd fucking... He was right. They'd stab you. Yeah. They would fucking stab you. And no one would ever hear from you again. <laughs> <laughs> Like, it's, it amazes me that this guy thought that Jim Cornette was going to be like, yeah, go get him, buddy. Yeah, Get him, Tiger. <laughs> <Yeah. sighs> all right, that's
3: all I got. You got anything else this week?
1: Well, no. <laughs> all right. Um,
3: I, Summer Dreams, that's what it's called. APW Summer Dreams, July 24th at the New Report, Alex Lodge. It's going to be a great show. If you can't come to it live, watch it on Fight TV. It'll be just $10 on, on iPay-per-view. Uh, just go to Fight TV and uh, go to fight and search for Atlantic Pro Wrestling. You'll find it. You'll also find uh, the show we did a couple of weeks ago and the show we did the month before that. Um, good stuff. Good stuff there on Fight. Um, Lucky Pro is not back till September, so we'll talk about that uh, when we get closer to that. Um, yeah. As always, be safe, stay sane, be kind Be good to one another And uh, Yeah, we'll talk to you next week
1: Next week when AEW Goes to Fighter Fest Night one See you next week guys Bye-bye. Bye bye
2: If you know what I mean Dead,
0: at patreon.com slash rundownwrestling. You can show us how much you love us by buying us a cup of coffee for just one buck at ko-fi.com slash rundownwrestling. Go to reddit.com slash r slash rundownwrestling. Follow us on Twitter at Rundown Network. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash rundownwrestling. Email the show your dick pics and twat shots via wrestling at gmail.com. Or go to Instagram or YouTube